On this episode of the Star Wars Time Show, Matt and Nick will speculate the hell out of the all-new Book of Boba Fett promo material, so prepare to take a few predictions to the bank. They'll also discuss the fate of Rangers of the New Republic, which looks to be toast at this point in time. A new Ahsoka casting will also be discussed and how it could shape the show. Finally, the dudes will wrap things up with this week's fan segment by reading a few fan responses to the question of the week and honoring the latest round of top five Star Wars featured artists. Punch it, Chewie. Hey, I haven't started yet. How are you doing? Good? Yeah. When I just got back, I saw Leia under the truck. Yeah. With her cutie eyes. Oh. <laughs> and I just came down to say hello because I haven't saw you. I know. I, I love you too, buddy. <laughs> oh, there's the show. See, we're, we're, we should be starting right now, but we haven't. <laughs> it's all right. They can't hear us yet. I haven't turned the mics on. You want to say hi? Hi. Hey. Hi, Charlie. Mr. Nick. That's my buddy. That's who I talk <laughs> Star Wars with. You see, uh, can you show him? Uh, uh, he doesn't, I don't have my camera on, but you got your, she has a Grogu Christmas sweater on today. I have a Grogu. <laughs> <Charlie> look. <laughs> uh, all right, bud. I got to get going, okay? Love you. All right. <laughs> Hey now, everybody! Sorry about that. Uh, if you were in here early, you just got a little Easter egg. My my little one was sitting there, the Padawan, uh, wanting to say hello to her father after a long and arduous day in kindergarten. But hey, here we are. We're starting. We're starting. He can't hear us. Uh-oh. Oh, no. Well, yeah, no, that makes sense. I had the mics dialed down while my yeah. little kid was down here. So if you still can't hear us... I guess we're having some serious freaking problems, but uh, I'm assuming you can hear us now because the mics are live. Yep, there yep. we go. All right. Thank you, Liam. Woo! Confirm. All right. Great. Sorry, we're people. On. I'm trying. I'm trying to muster up the excitement for another awesome episode of the Star Wars Time Show, but I'm human. I'm dealing with a little sports fan grief from the weekend. Yes, I am a, an a, alumni of the Ohio State University. And yes, I have been spoiled for a better part of, of two decades. Uh, but this past weekend in the game, the game, capital T, capital G, um, you know, the Buckeyes, they, they, they got fucked up. I mean, there's really no other way to say it. It wasn't a hard-fought loss. They got their asses kicked by Michigan and and it was rough not so much that Michigan beat them but in how they lost and how I process said loss I, I I don't do it in a healthy manner okay luckily Nick the game was on Saturday so I didn't have to feel too bad about breaking out some bourbon at about two o'clock in the afternoon taking some drinks of that and yeah. having some early beers but I don't know man it just a game like that when you're expecting your team to win or at least perform like champions and then they don't and then you start to realize like that's it they're done it's college football you, you know more than one loss you're toast they're not going to be playing this weekend so they're robbing me of a game to watch Saturday night 
They're not going to be in the CFP, so they're robbing me of an actual bowl game worth watching come January. Yeah. My entire sports season is over now because the Steelers essentially mailed it in week one. They're done. Buckeye shit the bed. It's over. I, I have nothing to look forward to. Tiger Woods can't play golf anymore. He just came out and said it yesterday. What is a man supposed to do with his sports life at this point in time? Right, Nick? Yeah, I know. I mean, me as a Saints, I'm not even wearing my Saints hat today. You can see that I'm wearing an Austin hat, but it's it's the hat of the only professional team that Austin fields, which is Austin FC, the uh, MLS soccer team. Which should have been the Columbus team, but our city actually put up enough fight that we, we kept our team and the owner pre-court left and started down there anyways. So yeah, I, I, I'm familiar with the Austin team because it was a... It was big news back in the day when 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 Columbus in Ohio that is found out that they were going to move the crew to Austin because the owner just wanted to. But yeah. you know the, the the city fought. We got a kick ass new stadium. If you like watching soccer, and now Nick is is watching the former owner of the team of the city that yeah. I live in. Well, now it's they uh, it's it's him and McConaughey because Matthew McConaughey is one of the majority. Oh, he bought in. Yeah, he's one of the majority investors, I believe. So he's well, at every game, and you know, luckily, Nick, I think he announced yesterday that he is not going to run for governor of Texas. So he should have more time to keep acting, drinking booze, and going to Austin Honestly, FC soccer games. I wish he would have. But, you know, we, I know because, I mean, you, you know, Abbott, he's one of the crazier ones. And then I think when you got Beto going up against him, he probably won't yeah, have a chance. So, yeah, not going to win. But you're, uh, you're screwed either way. Yeah, yeah. But back to don't worry. Winter's winter's right around the corner and maybe your heat will go out for a week and like you'll have to like. Uh, yeah, you'll have to pipe car exhaust into your house to stay warm. So <laughs> you never know. We'll see. You never know. We'll and then yeah. United of States. But, yeah, I don't know, man. I'm glad we had the show today because things were starting to get dark with me. Like, I, I'm not kidding. I mean, I, I let a, a loss like that affect me both physically and emotionally. And you're saying, well, Matt, come on, physically? What are you talking about? Well, even going into Saturday, I, I couldn't sit still. I kind of had butterflies in my stomach. I am invested in sports. Just like a lot of you are invested in the Star Wars. I, my Star Wars passion is no different if you carry it over into sports. It, yeah. It's a part of me as a human. It can affect my mood and my physical well-being. Uh, I wouldn't say I've had the case of the shits, but my stomach has just been in knots since um, Saturday afternoon. So, I mean, maybe that's all the eating and drinking I did over the lovely Thanksgiving holiday. Uh, but either way, I, I was kind of feeling like shit, but hey, we're here. I'm trying. I'm putting my, my best face on to talk some Star Wars with you. But before we get there, you know, we always like to kind of shoot the shit about regular life. It's, you know, it's not all things Star Wars these days, and it doesn't even seem to be the case at Lucasfilm. They like canceling stuff left and right. <laughs> um, but I I, uh, I took your advice on Wheel of Time, okay? Uh, I watched yeah. the first two episodes, definitely a fan. Uh, liking the world, liking the, the money they pumped into the series, it, it definitely caught my attention. I would say it's way more adult oriented than I thought. I mean, that first yeah. episode, the end, like, holy shit, when those Trolloc things show up, I mean, that, that, there's some good old gore in there. Yep. yep. Um, but no, good stuff there. Uh, but I also, I, I was, was kind of, now that I finished Foundation and I'm, I'm an asshole and slowly going through Invasion, I'm like, you know what? I, I need to find something else. I need another show. 
a current one. And lo and behold, I see Cowboy Bebop pop up on Netflix. I'm like, you know what? I watched the trailer. It seemed interesting. It's 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 a sci-fi type of setting, so you know I'm in, you know instantly going to be interested. Sci-fi anything, I'll, I'll give a chance. I mean that or even fantasy, but I'd say sci-fi is is definitely my number one genre. And I I know nothing about the anime. I don't give a fuck about the anime, right? I I don't care. I just went into it because the trailer that auto played in Netflix looked interesting enough. When, you know, you got this big black guy with a killer beard named Jet is talking shit to, uh, you know, like a like a, a station operator about being charged for using some sort of hyperdrive system. I was like, all right, I'll check this out. Yeah. And the first episode's pretty damn good. And every episode I've watched since has has maintained the quality for me in terms of, it, I would say Cowboy Bebop, at least the live action version on Netflix, has a great blend of... Humor, kind of craziness, I'm assuming, comes from the anime, like just in the scenarios and even the music that that plays. Uh, It's got good visuals, great characters, and every episode kind of has its own little plot that gets resolved, but there's also a mainline narrative that is kind of overarching this first season, you can tell, uh, especially with the character Spike. Uh, so I'm in. I've actually rewatched some of the episodes because this was a show, Nick, that I'd put on late at night, and sometimes the old dozing off would kick in, and yeah, you know, you doze off and you wake up, and you may have missed a minute or two, but it feels like you've missed the entire episode, and you just can't get back on track. So I, I've gone back and rewatched some of them, but I'm up through five episodes, and I, I really haven't found it to be a waste of time. I've found it to be quite enjoyable. I like where things are going, and I kind of like, like I said, I like that you get kind of little self-resolved plots, some Miller Time action in each episode. Yeah. Not quite the Miller Time we're used to. Um, I guess Cowboy Bebop's own version of Miller Time. But you also have this overarching plot that kind of ties the whole world together and all the characters that we touch in on, so... Um, again, I, I don't know shit about the anime. I see that the, the season one of the anime is also on Netflix. Maybe I'll go back and check it out. But for someone just coming into Cowboy Bebop, Bebop, Bebop and Rocksteady, fresh with a clean slate, I have enjoyed it. And, and the last thing I, I dipped into before we see what young Nick has been checking out is the, um... The thing that Peter Jackson's company did with the Beatles on Disney Plus, um, I, I understand this is not going to be for everybody. Uh, I, I would also say it's it's not only just for hardcore Beatle fans. I would say anyone that is interested in the musical art form and how artists like the Beatles craft an album, it's crazy. I mean, you're you're essentially a fly on the wall. It's not a documentary. You're just there watching these dudes kind of almost this. From what I see in this video, Nick, you can see the fractures starting to happen. You yeah. understand why the, this, the greatest band of all time, the band that changed rock and roll, changed culture, changed social, changed society. You can see why after only 10 albums, they fucking break up. Uh, but it, it's that stuff that I just dig and, and like how songs start and then what they turned into. So uh, I've been going through that and it, it's massive. I think it's three parts and each part is two and a half hours long. Yeah, that's what I heard uh, that that they a lot of people were just drawing like parallels to 
the length of the docu or the length of the series, the uh, Beatles series versus the length of the Lord of the Rings movies. They're like, look, that's the only way that Peter Jackson knows how to make anything is it needs to be nine hours long in three parts. So yeah, uh, um, yeah. It but I don't know. I I I feel like it's it's nothing. I've been sitting there watching and I'm like, all right, what the? Come on, come on, come on. It's because again, you're you're watching these geniuses craft. I don't know what album it is. Uh, it's the one that's got Get Back on it. It's, we're essentially watching all the stuff that led up to them playing, their, I believe, their last concert together on the roof of their Apple Studio recording building. Uh, I don't know. So, I mean, I'm a big fan of, of the Beatles. I'm a bigger fan of music and just listening to artists discuss their craft. I mean, anyone that listens to the Stern Show... It's like getting a Stern interview with McCartney, but on on steroids, and it, it, it's not an interview. You're seeing it. You're seeing Paul's process, Ringo, John, George. It all plays out live, and and you could see where some feelings were being pissed on, and you know George quits at the end of the first episode, and it, it's crazy. And they're just like, oh well, we'll just get Eric Clapton in. So <laughs> it, it's just wild. It's it, it's a re- very cool snapshot of that time in history. Of a band that love them or hate them, they fucking changed the world. They did. They changed music. They changed dress. They changed hairstyles. Uh, I mean, they helped loosen up a very rigid uh, social construct that people were dealing with coming out of the of the fifties. Yeah. So Nick, I hear you finally got out, and um, I don't. You haven't seen Dune yet, have you? I haven't seen Dune. Okay, so. What? That's a bit of a sin, but you at least got the the, the latest MCU yeah. movie under your belt finally, right? We got right? the Eternals in, so we went to see it with a couple of our friends. Um, we were we were planning on going to see a movie anyway this weekend. More than likely, if it, if we didn't go see the Eternals with our friends, it was going to be Ghostbusters Afterlife. Uh, after Another your good choice, yeah. After your glowing review and everything that I've read online, I mean, apparently that's like the perfect capstone to the Ghostbusters series. Um, so. But yeah, we went to see the Eternals. Um, I was a big fan. I can understand people's gripes about the length a little bit. Uh, I it, it was two and a half. You probably could have cut twenty minutes out of there pretty easy, rounded out at at nearly a, a, an even two hour mark, and you probably could have kept the same flow and the same uh, story direction, everything like that. There, but other than that, um, I enjoyed it. Taylor enjoyed it a lot. She, I was actually expecting her to hate it because of the length like she's not a person that can easily sit down <laughs> for a two and a half hour movie she's like a she's like a kid in some ways you know she like yeah gets, i get that she gets fidgety and like she you know we're sitting in movie seats luckily the theater we were at had had nice leather reclining chairs and stuff so she's like you know curled up and moving her all around and stuff like that but overall i think the the thing that really brought her into it was the representation in the movie with having um, a, a deaf superhero, which we've never seen before ever, um, at least to my knowledge on on uh, any moving pictures that BT. Well, I, I mean, bro, deaf characters in general usually aren't lead characters. So yeah, I, I know what you mean. I mean, this girl has she's kind of created a niche for herself because I believe she started on The Walking Dead okay. as a a deaf person, kind of dealing with that and. She's been off the show, but I think they're bringing her back, and I'm assuming she went off the show to shoot. Uh, this film, but that, uh, that's not it. I mean, you got, you got white people, you got brown people. I mean, it, I mean, you Asians, had a, it's, yeah, you had a, you had a gay black couple uh, with a child. I mean, which was, and look, 
I don't want to say that's the only reason that that she liked the movie, but that was one of one of the things that we were talking about when we left. She said, oh, yeah, I really liked it. It was awesome to see representation right. like that in a superhero movie. So that's important to her. Don't and force then, that shit down our throats, <laughs> Nick. Um, and then the uh, for me, I just liked it was surprising to me because I, I, I don't like my my level of knowledge of Marvel is now past. Like we're in phase four. Oh yeah, four. yeah, right. Like, like I don't the know Eternals shit. Is like okay, sounds yeah. good. Cosmic guys, okay, whatever. Yeah. I don't know <laughs> the shit Celestials, about any like, of all right. these. So like <laughs> after the movie's over, they're all asking me. They're like, oh, who's who's Kit Harrington's yeah. character? Who's he? I, I was like, I look I, after after Endgame ended. Like my level of knowledge is yeah. zero now. I don't know anything. Um, so it was cool to to experience a Marvel movie like that, where I, like I don't know who. Icarus is and I don't know who any of these Eternals are and like Arishim and all like all that shit was so new to me and I was I really got pulled into it so I thought it was cool um I thought it was I also thought it was interesting because again not knowing anything about these movies when I saw or these characters when I saw Angelina Jolie and I was like oh well you know she'll be in it for one and then they'll kill her and you know she'll be like that's her big splash she was in one Marvel movie but to no no yeah, the fact that I mean I don't want to spoil anything, spoiler alert, I guess, but like the fact that she's still around at the end of the movie, I'm like, wow, she's gonna be like a long stay, like a longer standing member of the MCU universe than I thought. Um, so overall, I I was a fan, definitely a little long, but um, I enjoyed the story being told. I enjoyed what it could potentially set up. I did read some like fan theories and everything like that after the movie was over. So uh, it, yeah, I. I thought, well, it was yeah, because you good. had that, you had that big cameo in the stinger with your, you know, yeah. with your boy Harry, <laughs> Harry, so. Harry Styles, and then the uh, other one, like I, I mean, the movie's been out long enough. I don't really give a shit. Um, but the second one with Jon Snow, did you know who the voice was talking to him, or did you have to look that up like I did? Dude, I, I, I thought it was, I thought it was fucking Sam Jackson, but that's it's what I Blade. thought at first. It, but it's I Blade. Didn't. Okay, it's Blade. Cause he plays it's, it's Marshala or Marsala Mar- Ali's yeah, Mahershala blade. Ali. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because I, I thought it was fury at first too, but I didn't actually look up the voice. I just looked up like, who does he play? So, you know, plays black Knight, or he's going right. to play black Knight. Yeah. It's like the sword has been passed down for generations yeah. and it gives him this, that, or the other thing. Yeah. So, but I did, yeah, not I was, I was, was expecting Mahershala. kit to be in the movie a lot but they actually yeah, yeah. i mean he he's hardly in it but i think that's because he's going to play a bigger role in some of these movies coming up exactly yeah um, did you did, did your uh screening laugh when him and uh, uh icarus meet up and talk to each other i think so there were because some, there of were the game of chuckles. thrones connection yeah, yeah. There, there it's like the, I, I forget the line they say but i i even feel like they wrote the line with a wink wink like haha you guys will get this if you watch Game of Thrones because it, you know, it's Rob and John sitting there again, yeah, uh, talking to each other. Yeah, and yeah, dude, I, 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 it was. I good, think yeah. you're, that you're. I, I had a similar reaction, and really, the length, I'd say, twenty minutes of it are the trailers and and stingers, but it still probably could have been, you know, an hour fifty something like that, and felt yeah. a little bit tighter. Yeah, there were uh, some yeah, scenes I'm, I'm where good. It, like uh, rug a little bit, or like you're just. Sitting with the, the characters sex scene, in the like, house. Yeah, like, did, did you need the sex scene? I mean, hey, I'm all about people, good looking people getting naked, but I mean, did you really need it? I don't, I don't know. I don't <laughs> think so. <laughs> yeah. But um, overall, I enjoyed it. So next weekend, I mean, 
or next time we hit the theaters, we're probably going to end up doing Dune if it's still available. Because I know that the theaters around us are starting to reduce showing times. This weekend, there was only two showings of Dune in the theaters yeah. near us. So um, probably going to uh, try to catch that before it leaves. And then the next the next time we go after that will be. Yeah, I think coming up, I mean, obviously Spider-Man, apparently that's been going nutty with the pre-sales. I haven't even looked to try to get one. I figure I'll just go, if it's too crazy Thursday night, maybe go to an early Friday show screening. And then The Matrix is coming on the 22nd. But I did, I, I forgot, I got one other thing before we get into the Star Wars topics. I know people sometimes uh, dislike our, our poo-poo, or, or just our shooting the shit Oof. time. And Joe, Joe in the chat here kind of had a good uh, description. This is kind of rewinding a bit uh, if you're on the replay here. But we were talking about Cowboy Bebop to start the live action version. And Joe in the live stream chat, which if you want to join every Tuesday, YouTube.com slash Star Wars Time Show. That's where we do it live. F it. We always do it live. Uh, but he's saying that uh, Cowboy Bebop, the live action version, gave him some Fifth Element vibes, and I I strongly agree with that, hundred percent. I love it's, that. It's movie. got that feel, like it's just it's just a weird universe, but I dig it. Uh, so one one last recommendation to leave you with, and I wouldn't even limit this to just uh, people with little kids, uh, but no joke, Encanto is amazing. It's fucking wonderful. The latest Disney movie that Lin Manuel I think did a lot of the uh, the music for it's yeah. it's excellent. I I absolutely loved it. Uh, I mean I liked I liked some of the music, but more importantly, I loved the message it tells, especially to a father of a young girl. And without getting too far into it, it let's just say the. The unimpress or the unimpressive, the normal character is the one that ultimately ends up being kind of the the hero. There, there are no princesses and princes yeah. and there are some superpower people, but it's the it's the regular person that shines through. And I don't know, it just it has great message, uh, good music. It's just a good it's just a good story. I mean, no no fucking around. Encanto, highly recommended. I'd probably go see it again in theaters. That's how uh, well I received it. Uh, I think I liked it more than than the little one. She these days she doesn't like going to the movies anymore because she's got friends in the neighborhood to play with. But mom went, so she begrudgingly agreed to go. And really, all she does is um, eat. Like my kid eats, <laughs> she has become the people I hate in movie theaters. Uh, and it's my fault because I packed the damn bag too full. <laughs> but Nick, she will literally eat everything I pack. And it's usually for the first hour we're there. And, and it gets to the point where I'm like, put your fucking mask back on. Like, stop <laughs> eating. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> candy this, popcorn that, chips. Like, you're, you're, geez. you're coming up towards the first growth spurt. You know, you get that that early years growth spurt, and then their next one comes, and they're like yeah. early teens. I just like, dude, you got it. Just watch the movie. Like I've I've turned you into the person I hate at movie theaters, the person that is eating, drinking, making noises. So I'll have to work on that. I'll probably have to limit what she smuggles into the theater in her little backpack because we do we use her. She's like our drug mule 
when we go to the movies we she's got one of those little star wars leather backpacks we just we throw in all our outside food and drink and we'll let her take the heat if she gets busted at the at the at the gate uh but yeah Encanto kicks ass um so bat commenting uh here's one for you matt i cried my eyes out at the end of get back and that's that Beatles special i'm talking about and okay uh, I could see that. Like, if you're involved in that era, the band, and and really just watching kind of the process they went through, and knowing that, yeah, this this is it, probably. I mean, I believe that what that was their last live performance together. I don't know. It's it's, it's good shit. Like I said, if you like uh, if you like uh, music, you like learning about how artists go about creating music that you've probably listened to for you know fifty years at this point. Check it out. All right, my man, let's, let's talk some Star Wars. We've eaten enough of the clock just riffing out there, but I think we have made some great recommendations for our audience uh, for things non-Star Wars to check out. Uh, all right, so uh, a lot of, you can tell, Nick, the book of Boba Fett marking machine, the switch was flipped. Yep. It was, it was starting to flip last week with that Empire issue, and and now the floodgates are open because I believe Saturday we got a, a TV spot. Monday we got another TV spot. We're getting character posters. We're getting more revelations, more details. It, it Lucasfilm is 100% engaged in marketing the Book of Boba at this point in time, which is great for people like you and me. Uh, luckily, it was over the holiday weekend, and I was sports depressed, so I didn't feel the need to drop everything I was doing and, and break it down on YouTube for 20 people to watch. That was good. Growth, my friend. Growth. Growth. Okay? Growth. Um, but yeah, so our, our first story, and this comes from the Empire issue, the full Empire issue. So like I said, there were going to be some nuggets in there. Um, but we got a list of directors for the Book of Boba Fett. And uh, there were some names on there that had not been announced yet. In particular, and I would, I would assume most geeky fans have probably heard of, of at least one of these directors. But it was revealed that Steph Green who has directed episodes of Man in the High Castle, a good series, Watchmen, a fantastic series, Preacher, a good one, Luke Cage, okay, and uh, Kevin Tankcharone, yeah. who has, like has been in the Arrow. Go ahead. I don't, but yeah, yeah it's all right. Kevin Tank Guy, yeah. he's done a bunch of Arrow, Arrowverse shows, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Iron Fist, Prison Break, and a bunch of other stuff. Uh, I think he directed that Mortal Kombat web series from many, many years ago. So, I mean, these these two have had their full selves in kind of the pop culture geekosphere um, throughout their career. So yeah. I, I'm excited to hear that both of these uh, two directors have been added to the list, which now is Robert Rodriguez, multiple, Filoni one, Howard won. You have to assume Kevin and Steph each got one, so Robert got the rest. Yeah. And um, apparently Favreau is only an EP on the show. He didn't uh, do any uh, directing himself in the book of Boba Fett. Yeah. Um, Um, I mean, yeah, for me, the one that stands out, obviously, aside from the ones we already knew, is Tank Rowan, Kevin. Um, I was a huge fan of the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. show. I still have to watch the final season because it aired when I didn't have the necessary streaming service to watch it, which was Hulu. Now I do. Um, and I 
I'm not sure now exactly how that works because they used to come out on Netflix, but now with the Hulu end of the deal uh, think, with like Disney I think it's still on Netflix. It's weird. Yeah. Like they. Uh, oh my goodness! Sorry, I had some chicken sausage earlier. I I swear I I still see a lot of the Marvel shows like TV yeah. shows showing yeah, so, up on Netflix. I just got to see where it is and then I'll catch up to it. But but Kevin and his sister Marissa were essentially like series long EPs, like players in that in that show. And I, and like I said, I, I really did enjoy Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I thought it did a good job of bridging the gap between them for the MCU. Um, so I'm, I'm very interested to see what he can do with probably, I mean, unquestionably a bigger budget. And then also with a with a character like Boba Fett. Um, so excited to see what he can bring. I mean, Steph Green, I've definitely seen stuff that she's done, but never really tracked her as one of the primary players like I did with Kevin. Um, so yeah, I'm sure I, I know. Be- I, I kind of felt the same way when I saw this. I was like, damn, I mean, she's got an impressive yeah. uh, list of credentials. I've just have Kevin, for some reason has always been kind of thrown around. I'm talking like 10 years plus at this point has always kind of been in the mix of doing geeky stuff. Yeah. And I do believe, like I said, I think he ran, it was a really well done Mortal Kombat web series. Yeah. Which is might essentially t- what sparked the movie to be made. Like, yeah, good chance. And, and I know, I think Kevin and probably his sister, I think they did all of that shit, like wrote and directed, um scripted all that fun stuff so yeah i mean i i i'm excited to see what he does in the book of boba fett but whenever i see this news do you ever just go like damn i wonder how he's feeling or how he felt or she felt when they got that call like hey you guys you like the dabbling geeky stuff uh any chance you want to try your hand in star wars i mean can you can you imagine what that call must be like dude not only that but it's like to do a show like, yeah, they could have put you on. There's a lot of, you know, a lot of different shows, but the, to put right. you on Book of Boba Fett, which is essentially like, like we've been saying, like the the true first Mando spinoff, the one that is going to attract a lot of familiar fans because you're, you're you're essentially tasked with like, hey, it's your job to make Boba Fett the badass motherfucker that we've always said he was. And yeah, Robert Rodriguez did that to a degree in, in Mando season two, but like, with Book of Boba Fett, not only are you expanding on what we've already seen in Mando season two, but you're going back more than likely. Yeah. And you're going to be adding, you're going to be, I don't want to say retconning, but you're going to be, you're going to go back and you're going to make younger Boba Fett look like a badass too. So yes. I, I got to imagine that he, that he was like over the moon. You uh, are right. I mean, they, I, I think through these flashbacks, they're going to retcon Bozo Fett. Yeah. Okay. They're going to retcon Bozo Fett and definitely flesh him out as the guy I became aware of in the War of the Bounty Hunters comic book run and not the dude that was on screen for four minutes and said like three lines. And then like a buffoon got his rocket fired accidentally and crashed into the the Sarlacc mouth. So, um, yeah, I just like... And, and to your point, Nick, it, yeah, it's Star Wars, but it, it, it's got the, the gravitas to it over, say, like an Acolyte, which is brand new. Uh, yeah. I mean, we're, we're dealing with an OT hero character. I mean, someone that people have loved now for what, years. F- almost 50 years. Yeah. yeah. So 
I just, whenever I see this stuff, it's it's not really from a place of jealousy, although it probably is. I mean, I, I also think the reason I'm feeling a bit down these days, I mean, it's coming off a long break and hanging out with the wife and kid and eating and drinking and having fun. But I think I'm legitimately hitting a midlife crisis at, at 41 where I'm going, this is, I think this is it for me. Like, I, I, I think this is it. I think I'm just here to be a, a good dad, hopefully not too shitty husband an educator and some asshole who wastes his time on the internet trying to get popular. And it, it's kind of depressing. It's like, well, <laughs> I I had a lot of delusions of grandeur, I guess, as, as they like to say in star Wars. Cause I don't know. I time's running out, pal. It, it is. It's like, it's fucking, I'm going to be 42 in a few months. Kids going to be in first grade in a few months. And it just, it seems to the time just compounds and gets quicker and quicker and quicker. And before you know it, I'm going to be sitting here at 50 going, I fucking failed at a lot of things I wanted to do in my life. And now I'm basically almost retired and dying. <laughs> so yeah. I mean, that's where, that's where my head's at. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's something that like, even I mean, I'm younger than you, you know, we're, we're separated by years here, but like, even for me, like I've recently been going through like, Hey, can like, should I go back to school for something that I'm a little bit more interested in? Cause yeah, I mean, I have a, a nice job here. I make a good living and, and I would never complain about how much I make or what I do. Um, but it's just like, you know, it wasn't what I saw myself doing when I was younger, I guess you would say necessarily. And like, there's still a part of me that's like, well, you can still do it. You can still, you know, you can go back to school or you can do whatever, you know, like some boot camps or certifications or whatever, and try to like pivot yourself back into something that's a little bit more in your interest zone. But it's difficult to do even in your thirties. Cause like, you know, like when you have, bills and you have a mortgage and you have yes. everything that like really depends on the salary that you make. You can't just mm -hmm. say like, okay, well it, I'm going to drop a six figure salary to go back to school. It gets, yeah. it gets easy to get sucked into the doldrums of a comfortable life, you know, yeah. a, a middle, middle class plus. I mean, we, we, you know, we're not bitching here. We understand people are way worse off than us, but in terms of like fulfilling my ego, I have failed. I've failed myself miserably. And this dumbass show, as Brando points out in the live stream, doesn't help because as he says, well, with your numbers, it is depressing. I'm glad that one fan finally gets it. Like, you know, I put on a happy face and I know Nick, it doesn't bother him, but there are, there's like every week that goes by, I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, what is the point here? What am I trying to accomplish now at 41 with a show that it, we're at 190 episodes, has had zero growth in 2021, in fact, has lost an audience? Like, what, what's the point? Like, what am I trying to achieve? Is it that, you know, uh, two or three times a year you get a comment from a stranger like, hey, man, you, you guys are great. You definitely should have more listeners and subs. Is that what I live for these days? Like a, a weak ass reach around? Like what is going on? Yeah, so. no, I mean, it's just, I just like talking to you. <laughs> so I do too. I, I mean, don't I get they, listen, I, <laughs> Hey, this is helping me to get over the, the, the fucking Buckeye travesty of the weekend, but I'm still someone and you know, this is the narcissism kicking in. I do feel like we should have a larger audience. I feel like our show is entertaining. We do it every week. 
It's not monotone. It's not bland. It's not just all puff pieces like, oh, we love Star Wars. You love Star Wars. Everyone loves Star Wars. Disney, Lucasfilm, everyone loves love, love, love. No. I mean, we bring that fucking anger. At least I do. And I, you know, I think that's different in the fan Star Wars fan podcast landscape. I, I don't think there are many others out there that are a, as off or, or as uh, kind of off the handle as we are. A little more honest. real, a little more honest. visceral. Yeah, honest. Like we'll, we'll we'll poke at Disney, we'll poke at Lucasfilm. We're not looking for fucking partnerships with them or handouts, although it'd be nice. We realize that you know we're we're nobody. We're we're a, a podcast living on a gnat's ass at this point in time. Like that that's how minuscule we are. <laughs> so there's our little as brando saying hey brando you kicked it off pal yeah i haven't had a pity party in a while so i think you know we've been due for one of these you're just lucky i'm not going around and addressing everyone in in the live stream and yelling at them personally like i used to do all right so i know we're 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 way off on a tangent here but I'll, i'll bring it back and it's just like when i read this it reminded me that i have failed myself in life at least my ego so good for Kevin. Good for Steph. They're living the life I wish I was living. <laughs> they, they made it. They, they made it. Right? Uh, and don't get me wrong. I love my kid, love my family, but I'm always going to have that black hole in my soul of other people liking what I do, paying attention to me, wanting to listen to me. You know what I mean? It's just, no, it's a dude, fucking yeah. sickness. I don't get it. It's just how it is. And, you know, even the, my profession, every 16 weeks, I get a new crop of humans that only listen to me. (laughs) Like they listen to me talk and they do things I tell them to do, but it's just not the same. You know what I mean? It's just not the same. I, I, I need that little bit of internet fame. I'm, I'm a, I'm a dickhead like that, I guess. (laughs) All right. So kudos to Kevin and Steph. They have joined the list of directors for the book of Boba Fett. Uh, which we learned in our next story is sadly only going to be seven fucking episodes long. You know what I mean? I That a- kind of shocked me, Nick, because I, I think all of us were just going off of, all right, it's Mandalorian two and a half. It's going to follow the same cadence. It's going to go eight episodes. Eight, yeah. There are even leakers saying it could be nine episodes. And then yesterday we get the, the official confirmation from Star Wars themselves. It's only seven Seven episodes. I mean, that it, it seems a little a little odd, right? Like, wh- why seven? Why not eight? Yeah. Why if it? Why seven? Why not six? I guess. Like, wh- I I don't really like odd numbers either, but it just it seems. I don't know. I I, I feel a bit shortchanged on this. It. Yeah, I agree, and you know, I I don't know if it is because that. They're planning to pick up these storylines from Book of Boba into season three of The Mandalorian, so they didn't feel like they needed the extra for like a like a closeout or something like that. But yeah, I mean, when you're waiting as long as we've waited for this series, and especially since this series is is taking the place of Mando season three, and to have it one basically start, I mean, pretty much start in fucking 2022. The whole time we were told like, oh yeah, this is. 2021 series, don't worry, December is going to be there. We thought we would get at least two episodes in December. We're getting one, and it's on the 29th. And then to find out that it's we're going to be shortchanged in episodes, definitely a little disappointing. Um, but, 
you you got to trust the guys, right? Like nobody right, yeah. in Disney I mean, TV land has has really I'm being a little bit of so a far, little bit of a, a whiny asshole today. That's just I don't know. That's kind of the tone of the show, I guess. And, and it's going to be great. Yeah. This is more of like just a a super Star Wars fan. Like, no, give us one more, right? One more play, one more turn. It goes back to that video game trope where you just don't want to put it down, even though you know that your time with it is probably over. So at seven episodes, that means Robert's directing three of them. And then the the four directors we just talked about, yeah. Filoni, Tankeron, or however the hell Nick was saying it. Uh, Green and Bryce Dallas Howard. What do you think? I mean, bringing in the God to direct an episode, I'm assuming it's going to be an important episode because he's only directed important key narrative episodes. I think he's always Filoni directed c- like middle episodes too, right? Like he typically does well, the middle I think, and then one other. I think season one, he did the premiere in oh, one yeah. other. Season two, he only did the Ahsoka episode, I believe. Yeah. Uh, season three, who knows? But either way, the episodes he does are very important. Yeah. Do you feel like, uh, I don't think it was going to work this way unless he's directing the premiere, but do you feel like Filoni, his episode will be more dedicated to fleshing out flashback Fett or pushing forward new narratives for Neo Fett? I feel like he should probably be the one to to put the patches on the past because of his history with Star Wars. And basically that's what he did with the entirety of the of the Clone Wars series was put patches on the past. Um so I think that he's uniquely qualified to do it and I also think that they feel comfortable putting the future of this character in the hands of people like Rodriguez and, and Howard yeah. and, and those. So I would expect his to be a little bit more flashback heavy, maybe, um, you know, fuller story arcs that are playing out in the past instead of kind of pushing into the future. Seems like it would make more sense that way. Um, but it's, it's hard to, it's hard to get a read on it. And, and the fact that, that, um, Favreau only has an EP credit on here basically means that he's, pretty hands off with it like i don't expect to see a lot of if well, they he do. was on set like nick there were some images in empire i mean he was on set he was all masked up and it looked like he was looking at the at the monitor but yeah i mean he's not physically directing an entire episode i'm sure he was yeah. on there you know keeping the peace and maybe threw out some advice here or there but yeah i like bat saying and i think you know kind of what you were getting at if we're going to explain Fett's uh, survival and how he survived Return of the Jedi, Filoni is probably best suited to do that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I mean, I don't think that there's anybody better to do something like that. But, I mean, it just depends on... Like, we've, we, we're always working off of this assumption that this show was almost going to be split like half and half, like half into the current timeline and half into the past. And... Maybe, I mean, it depends on how it actually plays out. Maybe there's uh, just going to be like one episode that's that's like almost dedicated to the past and then fixing that. And then there's more of a focus on the future. Yeah. It's, it's going to be interesting because I know you were always like, I mean, you were the first one like, hey, the book of Boba Fett. What if it's just like him 
in the present, but then he has a memory about the past and we cover that. And, you know, that's an episode. But I actually, I don't know. I mean, based on the teasers we've been seeing, which is probably only one episode to it, to it the most. Yeah. It, it seems like it may be more set in the present with just minor splashes of the past that I think are going to be used to showcase why Boba is the way he is now. So, so I think I think a lot of the, the past stuff, even though Tem said they are going to go back towards Empire, uh, I think a bulk of it is going to be his time on the sands of, of a Tatooine desert and, and how he kind of got back to health and found Fennec and, and his ship and all that shit. We'll be talking about that coming up here in, in one of our breakdowns. But yeah, I guess, I mean, the Filoni question, he probably is suited to bring him or explain how he was brought back to life. Cause it yeah. was probably his decision in the first place to bring him back. So true. So yeah, uh, I mean, that's, that's what I would imagine. And everybody else kind of does their own thing with, um, the, the current timeline. I'm, I'm excited about it. You know, I, I really do think that, that this is going to be a good, I think this is going to be a convergence point for, for the current Mando Shows. And I think that this is also this this could serve as like another branching off point for other shows for yeah for yeah it could I mean it's just that that I mean that timeline now is the timeline at least for a majority of Star Wars streaming shows that are planned it, everything is in that Mando verse to love it or hate it set up what goes down in the sequel trilogy era. I mean, that, that's what's happening. That's what Bad Batch is working towards. That's what the Mandalorian is working towards, albeit with a much harder slant towards the Mandalorian culture and what the hell went on with them during the uh, Empire's run and post-Empire. And if they can get their shit together and realize that, hey, if we stop worrying about traditions and wearing helmets and creeds and shit, we probably could kick any faction's ass and and reclaim our planet if not take over the galaxy ourselves so i think yeah. we'll get a little bit of that too i want to address props here in the chat i, I had a feeling this was going to come up so i'll address it but props are saying wait so Devin and i were like how come our boys at sw swts didn't support our pin what is that i don't even know what it is also, well, that, that I was don't gonna be my social media. Uh, okay, that that was gonna be my first thing. If you ever want Nick to support anything, he'll do it. You just need to get it in front of his face, and that's not gonna be through Instagram. Yeah. Your best bet is to do it right here now on the show. Nick has supported many of the artists we talk about, including Super Scoundrel. Yeah, and we did promote the pin anytime we were tagged in it. So here, here's a here's a reason why I did not personally get one. And it has nothing to do with props or super scoundrel. I love those guys. I mean, they're 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 great fans of the show. They're dedicated Star Wars loyalists. You gotta love them. Plus, they both kick ass in their own art form. I don't collect pins. Okay. Oh, is uh, it like while, an enamel pin or something? Yeah, it was a great yeah. fucking pin for people that collect pins. It was one of those deals, like you know the shit that people wear in their con bags. I mean, it was a fantastic oh. looking pin. But I don't collect them. So it was not it was not out of spite to not support our dudes. It was just like I already I already spent so much money on collectibles that I don't need to collect. I just didn't buy one. Okay. <laughs> There's there was only 75. You know, I was leaving leaving more oh, pins for the masses to buy. It was limited, limited edition. Yeah. 
So there, there's your answer there, Justin. There's no malice. We supported you. We, we shared the, the sale, the videos, everything. I thought it was awesome what you guys did and that you sold out. So be happy oh, they, with so that. So they sold out too. Well, then we didn't. Yeah. <laughs> right. But also, yeah, I, mean, I, don't, I don't collect them. But I he don't. probably would have bought one if you got it in front of his face. You just yeah, you, you I mean, gotta remember. I'm sure, I'll I'll buy it and put it on something. <laughs> It'll sit on the shelf uh, over there or over there. I did, I know people don't believe me because they have no reason to because I do act like a clown on this show. But Nick, I'm not kidding around when I say Nick literally tunes out of social media, everything. Like the only reason he knows what's going on in Star Wars is because I feed him shit through our Slack and then we do the show on Tuesday. <laughs> He's not crazy like me. He's not. He's a normal person that goes about his daily life and isn't staring at a fucking phone all the time. So yeah, I can't uh, do it. Like there's just, <laughs> I know I've said it on here before, but like I've worked in social media advertising and marketing for 10 years at this point, And like, I, I can't, dedicate a large portion of my time outside of work to being on social media. Like I'll scroll an Instagram like once a day or something like that. Um, but most of the time I am not on social media just because yeah, of. So yeah. So Nick, Nick completely funny. missed it, but it was, it was a, um, it looks it nice. Cool... I'm looking at the pins now on, on no, great page. I mean, they're, they're fantastic quality from what I can tell. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm assuming, uh, uh-oh. We don't have any of our wrenches in here, do we? Oh, no. We've got, looks like we're getting some spam, spam in the live stream. Oh, any no. Any wrench? I know, I know Tones isn't here. I don't think Devin's here yet. Yeah. Uh, Nick, I, I don't know if you can you do can it on the fly. You can probably block it as, like, the primary account. Like, since you're, if you're logged into the Star Wars Time Show YouTube, block it. Um, put but, user in. There we go. I put the user in timeout. Whatever the hell that means. Just all nines <laughs> for three hundred seconds. Get the fuck out of here. What type of timeout is that? I might yeah. have to promote to. Uh, I might have to promote someone to a wrench. Yo. <laughs> I know. That's what I might have to knight props as a as yeah. a new wrench here. Well, since we didn't buy his pin, we have to give him a wrench now. <laughs> There we go. <laughs> I dub V a Star Wars time show moderator. Yeah. So Justin, if you if you uh, refresh the page, you should probably see the ranch. And I'm also I'm also gonna dub Sir Joe as yeah. a moderator now too. So you guys should have the ability to to time people out or, or ban. It's it's like your um your Padawan trial. I just cut your braids off. Yeah. You are now Jedi Knights. There you go. So. <laughs> All right, there we go. That was fun. We haven't been spammed in like well over a year. I know it's been a while, um, but yeah, I mean, look, congratulations on the pin. I'm glad that people sold it out. You didn't even need our support uh, to get it. So there, <laughs> he, he he was probably just, yeah. He I said he's just messing around, but deep down he was probably upset. And look I at know, him with the wrenches next to his name. There now. they are. Look at <laughs> look at him. They are. They're like Jedi Knights now in the live stream. Again, if you want to join the live stream Tuesdays afternoon, youtube.com slash Star Wars Time Show. And if you are in here, please like, comment, subscribe, turn on notifications, and pass it off to a friend just like it's an STD. Yeah. There you All go. right, Nick. Um, All right. We got these teasers that popped up, right? These. Well, I, I, before we get into those, buddy, I, I do want to um, share a word from our friends. There okay? we go. Just kind of kind of get this going here. So let's get a 
Let's get the virtual nuts flying. Whoa, there they are. Watch <laughs> out. If you're on the live stream, we've got nuts coming at your face. That's right. Walnuts, not the other type of nuts you're thinking about. But you know what time it is. It's time to talk about our friends over at Manscaped. Ho, 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 gentlemen. The holidays came early here at Manscaped, the leading men's hygiene brand. Manscaped just launched new products, including their all-new, ultra-premium body wash and a two-in-one shampoo and conditioner. As you can see right here, live on the set, I have the shampoo and conditioner and the body wash. I also have bottles up in my shower because I love the way they make me smell and feel. So, hey, it's time to give yourself or someone who needs it, like Nick's feet last week, the <laughs> gift of beautiful skin, hair, and balls this holiday season. So go to manscaped.com and use the code SWTS for 20% off. That's S-W-T-S, not F, plus free shipping. All right, so jingle balls to the walls, fellas. Listen up. Untrimmed pubes are a thing of the past, and it's possible you have Santa's beard in your pants. It's time to leave your significant other some cookies and milk at the bottom of your chimney. I'm talking about the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. All right, Nick and I, we've been using this for months now. That package, you're going to get the lawnmower 4.0. We get down there, groom up. Like I said, I, I got all cleaned up for Nick's return last week just to make sure he couldn't smell me through the microphone. We talked about Nick forgetting his foot spray from Manscaped, which cost his family and his girlfriend dearly at Disney World. So don't screw around because inside the Performance Package 4.0, you're going to get the lawnmower, like I said, because, I mean, this electric trimmer has proprietary advanced skin-safe tech to reduce cuts on your nuts. If you don't pay attention, you still may, you know, get a, get a little blood down there. But thankfully, with their advanced skin-safe tech, it does reduce the possibility of cutting into your nutsack. It's also waterproof, so you can use it in the shower. It's like a gift to your partner with less mess. All right, so within the Performance Package 4.0, in addition to the lawnmower, you're also going to get the Crop Preserver and the Crop Reviver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and something I swear by. These days, I can't even put on my undies until I douse my balls in the Crop Preserver formula. You know what I mean? Yeah. In addition to this hygiene bundle, it's also going to come with a pair of Manscaped anti-chafing boxers that'll keep your junk feeling fresh all day long. It really is the perfect package for your perfect package. All right. Don't forget, though, about the new products here. All right. Manscaped just launched the two-in-one shampoo and conditioner, which has key ingredients with benefits that include hydrating, nourishing, conditioning the scalp, plus strengthening your hair at the same time. Tis the season to load up on Manscaped products. So get yourself, your dad, your brother, and friends the best gift of all, the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code SWTS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Just use the code SWTS because we want you to clean up your nuts and make Santa proud this year. All right. I love the, I love the boxer. I do. I got, I bought extra boxers because we got the free ones with the performance package. But I went and I bought more. So um, Joe asking, do they have an auto ship option? So they do have a subscription option where you'll get stuff mailed to you 
uh, once a month, I believe. So if you're if you're a fan of the body wash or if you're a fan of any of the formulations, can do a subscription and it will save you a little bit on each order. So uh, I believe you can. Well, that's that. good to know because I'll, I'll be setting that up after using the uh, the body wash and not that I need it. I look like Nick, but I still keep a little hair up there. Uh, the the shampoo, it really is good stuff. Like I, I mean, this the ad's over. This is just Matt and Nick talking. Uh, we'd tell you if it sucked, it doesn't. It, it's just like I've, I mean, outside of switching my deodorant to a deodorant I shouldn't wear because I just sweat profusely, I feel like the cleanest and freshest smelling version of Matt that has ever existed, thanks to Manscaped. Mm-hmm. All right, so like Nick was saying before we uh, shared those words from our friends over at Manscaped, we 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 got some Boba Fett teasers, and they're just the the teaser type, the old. Uh, you know, 30 second variety where you're typically going to see them on a TV show or social media, all kind of four by three or one by one crop these days. Yep. Uh, but the first one we got was called rain. So, uh, naturally I watched it and I broke out some stills. I did not do a, a breakdown. Cause it's like, you know, who cares? This one came out on Saturday when I was about ready to jump off my roof. Uh, and by Sunday when I finally posted it, it's just like, it doesn't matter. There, there was a few new things in there. Nick and I can just talk about them on the show. And like I said, that was a growth moment for someone like me that has Star Wars coverage OCD, even though no one checks the shit out. So um, within the teaser, Nick, I, I, I grabbed nine shots. They were new shots. Uh, we'll, we'll do what we usually do when we break something down. We'll go through each one, kind of give our thoughts on what we're seeing here and how it may play into the overall narrative that we're going to see in the book of Boba Fett. And really based on the two teasers, I'm starting to get an idea of at least what is going to lead Boba Fett to the Ithorian. So let's get into it. All right. So if you're on the live stream, you're watching us now. If you're just listening, you can pull up the uh, the, the cast post that Nick will have for the audio only version up uh, to look at the screenshots. But the first one we get and I think this is a, a culmination of the scene we see where we, we get, it's kind of like a drone shot of Jabba's palace and you could see like two figures walking up towards it. I think this is the end of it. And we see now that those two figures are none other than Fennec Shand, yep. who has a, um, one of these maroon goons locked up. I mean, he, yeah. he, she's got him. She's essentially dragging him around the zoo like Amish people do. With their little kids. I mean, he's got one of those those uh, ropes tied around his yeah. hands to to control him and dragging him around. So, Nick, it, it seems like this faction, maybe right off the bat, is already starting to fuck with Fett and Fennec. And I don't know. Do you think like she was sent out to capture one, or do you think she was out and about and they tried to fuck with her and she captured him and now she's bringing them back to Boba? Yeah, uh, to see what what they should do next. So it looks like I mean, I don't want to jump too far ahead in the screenshots, but it looks like some sort of chase may have ensued at some point in the in this episode where it's happening. And then maybe she snags one and then the other gets away. So maybe who knows, like maybe these guys were trying to run a you know, they were uh, doing some reconnaissance on on Boba Fett's new yeah. uh deal operation and and they got caught and Fennec ran one of them down uh or something like that but definitely seems like there was some i i feel like the screenshot three and screenshot one may be linked to each other i'll put it that way 
Okay. Uh, the, the chase scene with the two of them and then uh, her snagging one of them and one of them. Yeah, I just, I really feel like at this point, the Athorian, whoever that's going to be, seems to be kind of pushing the envelope with, with Fett now that he's taken the castle. Like, all right, what, what's this guy? What's his plan to do here? You know what I mean? Like, uh, I'll send some of my, my goons over there to, to, to check them out, to poke around, maybe even to try to take out Fennec if she's by herself. And, and that's what's going to ultimately lead Fett and Fennec to head on over to the Athorian's palace and have a bit of a reckoning. Uh, if the wrenches are in there, our, our buddy Naked HD is back to being a dickwad. So if you could ban them, or uh, clearly the timeout does not work from our end. All right, Nick, th- this next one here, and we have a more fleshed out version in the next trailer we're going to break down. But I don't, I just, I can't put together who these people are. I mean, the, the first one, it almost looks like Fett without his helmet, but I don't think it is. Are these Jabba's capos heading over to Boba's meeting? Is it Boba with some of his goons going to, you know, talk with the Athorian? I just, I can't, you know, because it's a fast moving scene. So any, yeah. any still you take, it's going to get blurred out. So you really can't see great details. Maybe we'll come back to this one in our, our second breakdown because you get more of this lineup. Um. I don't know. I, I do not think that's Fett in the lead, even though it's a bald guy and he looks like he's in some armor. It just doesn't look like the proper armor. Uh, but it also doesn't look like those people that show up at Fett's castle, if you will. Yeah, if to you kind of the, there, there is kind of a like a like a consistency in what people are wearing. Like you see, like this almost blue hue kind of outfit, yeah. and then it looks like. Almost all of them are wearing some sort of like vest. So I don't know. Maybe this is like, yeah, like an, an opposing... armored vest of some sort. Yeah. Yeah. Like maybe this is an opposing faction that's, you know, doing some runs at the FET compound or we're like, you know, we're seeing like half of a chase and we we're only really see like these people. But then like on the other half of the scene, you see they're being chased by FET or maybe... Uh, Fennec and Fetter. Okay, are so on their you tail. think this is a this is a chase scene, not just a you know m- moving moving to the next location moment. You know, like potentially, a, when, potentially. when when Cobb and Din are riding their speeders, like one of those scenes. Like, all right, we need yeah. to get from point A to point B. Here's a speeder scene. Yeah, it c- it could be that for sure. But but I agree with you that the characters that we see here don't look like anybody that we've ever really interacted no, with. No, it just. It doesn't look like the dogmen. It's clearly not the maroon boys or the maroon goons, I guess is what we'll call them at this point in time. Uh, even the speeder bikes look somewhat unique. Uh, they, they, I mean, you, you could argue the, the fin at, at the front is, is similar to the, the Imperial speeders, but they have like high back seats. So, you know, two people, I mean, they, they, they look more like motorcycles or more like Harleys than any speeder we've seen in Star Wars, in my opinion, at least. Yeah, yeah, they they're definitely more uh hog hog style than anything yeah. else. But like I said, we we we've got one in the in the message teaser that gives us a little bit more picture, so we'll we'll revisit this. So Nick, I, I think you're right, and we're on the slide three, like he was talking about, as if we're doing a presentation here. Like <laughs> were you old enough for like the old slide present like slideshow things where you literally had to put slides into a, a circle thing and click it right yep, yeah yep <laughs> i was in school great. for this 
Yeah, and you probably had like old school projectors in school too when you watch, you know, the, educational the movies. Project, let's put the yeah, yeah, yeah. We had the, the overhead the projectors. We had the yeah, roll in like the, film, the film, box. film projectors too, VCRs, yeah, we, all that we, fun stuff. Oh yeah. But anyways, back back to the breakdown. So what we're seeing here, it's the maroon goons again, but they're in like some sort of parkour chase, and I think Nick. Uh, very may well be on to something. This is either the chase that lands one of them in, in on Fennec's bad side to where she hauls him off to the castle, or this could be kind of the end of what may be a battle between Boba Fennec and a bunch of the Maroon goons. Uh, but this one, there was a scene before this was just too fast. They're doing more parkour, you know, same, same thing, but I think you may be right that one of these two bozos may end up getting caught. Yeah. Uh, like maybe they're she either being, like, ch- yeah, maybe she's chasing them and they're running away. It felt like they're running away versus running towards. Yes. So, yes. I agree. Uh, but yeah, maybe I, I, she I, I, like legs one of them, hits him in the leg, falls yeah. off a building. Yeah. And like, you know, maybe she's in this town because this looks like that massive Tatooine city because you've got yes. that, that plateau, you know, you've got those cliffs there. You know, maybe she's in town minding her own business and, and these people try to fuck with her and it doesn't succeed and then a, a chase ensues. Um, either way, I would not be surprised if one of these dudes is the same dude that gets uh, caught taking the fet and then we will see in the next breakdown that they actually bring the prisoner to the Athorian. We had not uh, known that previously. So, Dan, so um, one of the... Uh, one of the- live stream listeners dan the man says he thinks it could be tuscans and i mean that's it's interesting because if it is tuscans they would have to i mean we've never seen tuscans in anything but their full tuscan garb yeah. now granted like this does this this suit basically covers the same amount as a tuscan suit aside from the eyes so like they have full face covering their whole body is covered it looks like they're carrying some sort of long rifle on their back, probably a little bit different than the rifles that the Tuscans typically bring around with them. It would, it, I don't know. I mean, if it I were don't know. Tuscans, you never see Tuscans in cities. They, yeah. Though. They like, would have to be like a, like an offshoot crazy faction that yeah. kind of broke from some traditions. Cause Tuscans don't ride vehicles. They ride yep. Banthas. Uh, and they, they dress in those, suits at all yeah. times i mean it's like i, I believe uh, it would be like similar to the middle eastern culture and where you know you, you gotta wear the burqas and all that fun stuff you can't take it off it's against your religion yeah uh, I, I, so i i do not think these are tuscans unless like i said they are kind of a an odd gang that broke off and has kind of started doing their own thing which quite frankly, would be interesting as fuck. I just, I don't think it's going to go that way, but Hey, you never know, Dan, that's, that's the fun of speculating. You just throw stuff out there and hope one piece of poo sticks to the wall. Um, we got a, a, another shot of the big city, uh, kind of like a, like I said, a drone shot flying over. I still have no clue what this is. I mean, if you get down in it, it, yeah, it could feel like any of the Moses, but it, this is not a Mose we have seen. It's not Isley. It's not Espa. It's not Pelgo. Uh, this is some sort of mega center on Tatooine we have never been witness to. Uh, but this looks like where that chase is going to take place and then ultimately where Boba and Fennec are going to end up to confront the Ithorian after, at this point, I believe, his goons have been messing with them. It, it's Like I said, I really think the Ithorian, is, it, he's, he's testing things out. Like, all right, what, what is this guy going to do that just took over 
Jabba's palace? What yeah. can I get away with? Is he going to fuck with me? Is it like Jabba? You know, is, is, is he going to be ruthless? Who knows? But it's starting to kind of shape up that way. This one was great. This confirms, yeah, we're, we knew we were going to get him, but this is the first flashback we've got in teaser form. Uh, you have to think that this happens shortly after uh, Nomad Boba finds Fennec in the desert after yeah. her season one Mandalorian uh, death or supposed death. And it looks like they do. They go back to wherever he <laughs> parked at Jabba's palace and reclaim the slave one. So I, I, these are the moments, Nick. I think the present stuff's going to be fantastic, and I do think it's going to set up additional threads for the Mando timeline. But it's these these little shit moments that I live for. Yeah, it's the lore. I've said it a thousand times. I love lore. I love revisiting lore. Lore that explains things that have happened in the present timeline, and these little uh, scenes showcasing Boba in the desert. Uh, probably being resurrected by the sand people, uh, saving Fennec, working together, reclaiming the slave one, putting their plan together to track Din Djarin. You know that's going to be talked about in this flashback if it happens. I mean, th this could be them getting the, the slave one and headed off to Tython to confront Din to get his armor back. So I, I am most excited for these types of moments even though i think they're going to be fleeting and far and whatever the hell that saying you is I'm off the rail. there you go nick nick's got my back um i don't know i just dug it it's, it's a pretty plain jane stupid scene too he's just we know he gets the slave one back but yeah i want to see these moments yeah it's something that fills in the history and and I mean, like the current history kind of like you're saying because you know yep. now we know he gets the slave one back we know that he doesn't have his armor when he shows up on, uh, you know, when we first see him. And now in this image, we can clearly see he's still in his, you know, Tuscan garb. He's got the gaffy stick on his back. He's got Fennec with him. So I'm sure that we'll see. You know this what, dude? I think I just, scenes. I think I just figured out. I mean, there may be a moment towards the end just to get things back in the present. But these moments could be how Din is brought into the book of Boba Fett. Yeah. Because you remember at this right here in this scene, he he had been tracking Din multiple times when Din came to Tatooine. So you would think they may explain some of that, like okay, why was he tracking him? Was it just because he had Mandalorian armor? Because he didn't know in season one when he crept up on Fennec. I mean, hell, Din didn't even have Boba's armor yet. Yeah, no, that wasn't. So he was season. tracking him in season one, and why? Like, why was Nomad Fett? so interested in this Mandalorian that showed up on Tatooine. Yeah, and it's not uh, like he hadn't seen any other Mandalorians before, I would imagine. I mean, you had a whole, co like, you know, you have the coverts, you have people that are Mandalorians that are still active in, in the universe. I mean, hell, Bo-Katan and uh, the Night Owls have been right. out and about. I mean, I don't know, if maybe Din was the first one that he saw on Tatooine. Yeah. Maybe there haven't been a lot of, uh, you know, Mandalorian presence like, on Tatooine. I mean, think about, though. Just because a Mandalorian shows up, does that automatically equal I'm going to get my Mandalorian armor back? Like, yeah, no, I know. He had no idea. <laughs> I just that. like, why would he even care outside of just being intrigued by another person that has donned armor similar to his father's? So, but that can all be explained here, and that's the type of shit I love to find out. Uh, so I, 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 I'm digging that we we got a flashback. This Nick, I want to make a comment on this one in a, a possible 
specul- speculative guess, maybe even take it to the bank style. Uh, but we got a new angle of the dinner Boba hosts at Bo- um, his new castle, formerly yeah. Jabba's castle. Uh, we, we saw scenes of it before, but it was from a different perspective. We get this pulled out perspective and lo and behold, they're sitting on the fucking trap door. Yeah. The entire table and where most of the capos are sitting are right on the trap door and notice where Boba's positioned and Fennec are positioned. And remember the look he gave her in the full trailer, like this isn't going too well. Should we go to plan B and plan B very may well now be surprise. (laughs) There goes the floor back down into the fucking pit. And who knows, maybe a new rancor is down there. The one that he we've, um, we've speculated and it, it possibly leaked that he may end up riding at some point. So I don't know, man, I, the way they have it set up, it just seems very precarious to have this feast right on top of the trap door. Dude, I wonder with, if he uses that as just like a point of leverage. Like if he, if he, like if these people like eventually like look down and realize where they're sitting and then that kind of like shifts the tone of the conversation because they're like, Oh shit. Like, we didn't even yeah. notice we were sitting here until just now. And that the tenor of, of things changed a little bit when they realized that they could be dropped into a pit and eat very easily. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it seemed... Uh, I, I don't think Fett and Fennec set the dinner up this way on accident, is, yeah. I guess is what I'm getting at. And, you know, Nick makes a good point. Maybe they don't drop them right into the hole, but it is a reminder like, hey, by the way, Look where you're sitting. You may or may not know if there's a rancor down there, but you don't want to find out type of thing. Yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> uh, but um, our dude's there, the uh, tor- torture bot. I forget his name. Is he 8D8? Or is 8D8 the, the brown one that hands out jobs to droids? Either way, uh, you get a little bit of an egg from uh, Return of the Jedi in this scene. That's him. That's uh, eight. I just feel like he's going to kill all these motherfuckers. Yeah, you know, he's like, hey, we're, we're, let's be friends. Let's do it the right way. And, you know, we got another shot of this scene where he does stand up. All right. Is he just standing up to make a point or is he standing up to make a fucking point? Yeah. If you catch my drift. <laughs> so. Right. There. Uh, we, and then uh, this teaser kind of closed with a few more shots of a fight scene, which we are guessing at this point takes place after the meeting with the authorian where you know they're they're probably going to have a pissing contest skirmish as we've heard for months now that you know these the the authorian the hammerhead character was going to be kind of a problem for fett early on and they are going to have a a a fight at least their factions are going to fight but the other part of that is down the road that they may have to link up to go against an even bigger threat so yeah. we get a few more shots of that and it looks like we're going to get to see Boba fire his gauntlet missile. Like nice. he didn't even fuck around with whistling birds. This dude has, <laughs> it looks hole. like it, like a, like a tiny scud missile on his fucking arm and he's shooting <laughs> it at one of those shields. Uh, so you got to love when he breaks out the, uh, the big guns to get the job done. Oh. All right. Uh, so there, that was the first teaser there. That was rain. Yep. And then we had Message, which also gave us a choice screenshot, the one that I led with here. Uh, Definitely not as much new stuff here, but some things we might be able to add to our speculation effort. 
Um, so up first here, now I'll definitely agree with Dan the man that these hazy shots of these characters, these are definitely the same Tus- people, the Tuscan Raiders, and more than likely the ones that save our friend. It, it, it does seem at this point, and it makes sense based on what he looks like, the weapons he's carrying by the time we see him again, that they're going to take him in essentially. I, I really yeah. think that a lot of his growth, believe it or not, is going to come from his time with the sand people and nursing them back to health. Uh, it, it clearly isn't Jawas that are helping him out. They they probably picked his ass clean and left him there to die just to get his valuables and his armor. Uh, that's at least how it used to be explained, I think, in Legends that um, Jawas found his, I think, his dead body, or, or I think the Sarlacc like barfed up the armor or something the like that. The armor came up specifically, yeah, because right. he survived and, and, in post- and like oldie Ucanon, but he didn't like, I don't know, the, the Boba Fett and oldie Ucanon like kind of had a lot of different iterations because some people did like, like in a video game, I believe you saw him literally like fly out of the Sarlacc's mouth. But then in, in like written forms, like you mentioned, the Jawas found the armor and then he made his way out on stones. And yeah, I, I mean, to exactly. me, that that's still the most important scene in the book of Boba Fett. It is like we've all accepted him back. He's great. I love Boba now, but you got to tell me you can't mask Kanata me on on the, the lightsaber and just not pay off on this. You got to show how the motherfucker survived. Yeah, because he gets sucked down there. You, you have to figure his jetpack is malfunctioned, so he probably can't even blast his way out. I mean, hell, it's still ma- malfunctioned by the time Cobb has it. Remember, Cobb says, hey, tell your friends I wasn't the one to dent that or, or, or fuck <laughs> it up. And he's pointing right at the rocket that Han hit with the stick in Return of the Jedi. I mean, that was a <laughs> yeah. direct nod to that moment. Uh, but I, I do think... And I guess it makes sense based on how we've seen Din interact with the Sand People... Right, he's always respected them. It was like, no, th- this this is their home world, motherfucker. Yeah, I mean, like, like he you was guys one are of the, the outsiders. First people that we've ever, I think he is the first person that we've ever seen actually speak to them. Yes, like have yep. a conversation with them that is that isn't another Tuscan, and so, and not treat them like animals. Like he yeah. actually knows that they're helpful, they're resourceful, and if you want to get something found or done on Tatooine, you're probably going to have to uh, enlist their help. And I think that is their their culture and their way. Well, it's going to be one of the reasons why Fett becomes a different man by the time we meet him again in The Mandalorian. And as we've heard him say himself, like, listen, I'm changed. I want to roll with respect. I don't want to be a cocksucker, this, that, and the other thing. So clearly uh, their their way of life and however they, they nursed him back uh, had an impact, a lasting impact on the character of Boba Fett. And like yeah. Robert said... This show is going to explore his true character, not just the the bad boy bounty hunter that, you know, would do anything under the sun as long as it was for a bounty. All right. So, like I said, here is the maroon goon, as promised, still in bondage at the Athorian's palace, meeting room, whatever you want to say. Like, we've seen him in this room. We just did not know prior that... Um, they had captured this maroon guy. So I don't know, Nick, do you think this is all, this is all still the same scene or do you think they come early and say, Hey dude, we got this guy. You're spying on us. You tried to fuck with Fennec stop, or you're going to have a problem. 
and then they go back and talk to the Capos, and then they have to come back and have their big fight? Or do you think this is just one scene where they bring back the captive, they have some words, the words don't go the way either party wants them to go, and they have themselves a little shootout, and then Bo and Fennec kind of get in some shit outside in the streets with a... A much larger contingent of the maroon goons. I, I'm kind of leaning that way because if you look in the background of this shot too, you can see the two Gamorians that were there in the previous trailer that we saw. Oh yeah, is, is he? Are they dead already? Like, are they standing I still? I think they. I think they're standing. So I think yeah. what, what, what yeah. may have happened is like this is the initial entrance. They come in with this guy, and then you know they hand him back over to the Athorian, or they just kill this motherfucker right there. And, you know, and then that may trigger, you know, whatever happens from this point will trigger the ultimate kind of the battle that breaks out and uh, yeah. eventually spills onto the street. But, yeah, I mean, you can see the Gamorreans in the background. It's the same room that the scene was in previously. The only difference was that this, you know, captured mercenary slash goon wasn't in the shot. That could be that. Yeah. He, they just gave him over to the Athorian and then they escorted him out of the room or he, he was fucking on the ground with a bullet in his chest or something like that or a laser laser burn in his chest. So, yeah, um, just but some, I do think that this is the same. I want to know what breaks down this conversation because it, it, it's going to happen. I mean, we, we saw, I think, in the full trailer, Boba's gun is smoking in this scene, which means it has been fired and probably fired precisely at someone's face. So what, what leads to the breakdown? Cause, cause you'd think if they won the fight, you, you know, like, Hey, you, you've already wronged us. We've already caught one of your guys spying on us. They just roll in guns a blazing, but it seems like he actually wants to come in and, and kind yeah. of figure out, all right, who are you? Why are you fucking with me now that I've taken Jabba's castle? And what do you want? And then something from there goes south. Yeah, I mean, maybe this is his way, like this this pre-negotiation or like the, these words that he's exchanging, maybe his way of showing like, look, in the old days, I would come in, I would kill you before you said a word and then we'd be done with it. But now I'm going to actually try to engage in dialogue with you. So... <laughs> Um, this is the, the respect dialogue. part of Fett. Yeah. This is uh, this is yeah. Fett respecting right here. Yeah. It's like, look, right. I won't shoot yet, but if you get on the wrong side of me, I will shoot. I'm just letting you know. So maybe this is his version of diplomacy. You know, this is his yeah, idea. I, just, I don't know. It's 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 like, where do they go from here? I mean, I, could it even be like that? This captor tries to say something, and his own people shoot him, and then that starts a shootout. It's like, all right, well, if you're killing him. Because he's about to say something. Clearly, you've got a, a hidden agenda. So now I need to start pew pewing your ass. Yeah, um, I don't know. Is it December 29th yet? This is like, come on. <laughs> this is when the stuff starts to kill me. It's like, all right, you, you're, you're slow dripping this shit. We're starting to be able to piece together scene moments, right? Like at some point, Fennec and this dude run into each other. There could be a chase. She cap captures him. She brings him back to... Boba's castle, and then they ultimately end up here. Yeah. All right, well, what's next? Why is there a fight? Why do they start shooting? Will Boba and the Athorian have to team up? Does Boba fucking shoot the Athorian right here? I mean, who's to say that he doesn't just blast the dude? Uh, so, you know, I guess we'll just have to wait or see what the uh, future teasers give us yes because at this point buddy now that they're they're dropping teasers every 48 hours do you think we're going to get another like full-length trailer or are we teaser sizzlers till the 29th 
I mean, we're only a month out, so I imagine that they're probably not going to drop another. Not I think we're one. just going to yeah. be, yeah, we'll probably catch five or six more of these spots and then they might go on a little bit of a hold. You know, I, I would assume that they may do like two a week or something like that leading up to the release. Well, they're, they're definitely going to be blowing them out on the weekends now that we're, yeah. you know, you got college football kind of rounding towards its playoff season. You're, you're going to have a bunch of conference championship games. Not that the Buckeyes are playing in any this week, but you're going to have a bunch of those playing Saturday prime time. So you could, you know, you could see maybe one popping off on the weekends, kind of like they started this past Thanksgiving weekend. So, um, but I, I still think this is all episode one ish material here that yeah, we've seen. I, I agree. Um, so here's the, here's the big one. And I, I don't, this is, we're talking about FET in a back to tank. I guess my question to you, Nick, is this him healing on his own post what we saw in the Mandalorian? Cause look, he still has, he's got like the thing. Yeah. Well, his eyebrows are back and his face yeah. is looking better. So yes. my question is, I don't think this is him healing after the Sarlacc pit. I don't think so either. I, I'm definitely in agreement there because we'd seen him right out. I mean, not right out of the Sarlacc pit, but we saw him previously. Yeah, he looked like shit. Like he last had scars see, on like, his face. Yeah, no eyebrows. He's yep. all scarred up. So, and Maybe I think someone, is... com- I think one of our fans commented and it was like a joke, like, hey, this is how he grows his eyebrows back. But I really think it is. <laughs> like, I, I honestly think this is him uh, possibly in the castle in his room getting his heel on now that he has access to better technology. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. This may just be like a like a routine for him now. It's like obviously the the physical probably, you know, like all of the physical issues are probably healed because of previous um work in the back to tank, but maybe he just does this like on a regular basis to like keep himself healthy, especially after the long time that he spent in the Tatooine desert, the time that he spent in the Sarlacc pit, I'm sure he's got like injuries that we can't even, you know, imagine that needs. Do to be we know, I, I, I want to go on a slight tangent here. Do we know if the, if the Sarlacc has like acid like capabilities to create burnt skin? I think it does. I mean, based off of what C3PO said, well, he said you're he, slowly digested over 9,000 years. Over so 9, that leads me to believe years. like there is no acid to break shit down. You just sit there and suffer in pain. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's tough. Like, I don't know. So hear me <laughs> out because I mean, th- this version of FET, it, it's not as evident, but if you go back to Mandalorian FET, Mandalorian season two FET, he looks like a burn victim. Yeah, it does. Do you he, think his his egress from the Sarlacc was him essentially lighting his suit on fire and himself to make the thing cough him up? Yeah, I mean, that's an interesting question because you have to, if you imagine the, the sequence of events that had to go down, his suit had to come out first. And it had to come out in enough time, like far enough ahead of him where somebody swings by, finds it, picks it up, takes it, and essentially just starts wearing it as their own for a while. So like, it's not like the suit comes out and then two minutes later, fucking bet comes out. I imagine it's like the suit comes out and then like at the very earliest days later, fat comes out. Yeah, I guess it could also be, 
you know, like I said, the, the, the level of effort to get out of the suit, he essentially burns himself alive to, yeah. <laughs> to make the, to, to make the Sarlacc regurgitate him. And because of that, he pretty much passes out. And then the Jawas come and, and pick him clean, like a dead body, you know, like, like vultures yeah. and leave him to die. Uh, that's yeah, that's yeah. the only other way I could see it playing out. But I, I was getting at the reason he may look burned might be self-inflicted to get out of the Sarlacc. No, so that I don't could know. definitely it, be it. Because, yeah, I mean, ass, if there was any sort of acid at work, it he, would he'd take be dead way instantly. less than 9,000 years. Yeah, he, he'd be fucking dead. <laughs> I mean, he would have been dead the moment that thing grabbed his leg and pulled him down. Just like, yeah. you know, the, the Chipotle burritos I shoved down my gullet. They, <laughs> they melt in my gut within three hours and I'm shitting out corn within five. So... I don't know. I, it, this is an interesting shot because I, I'm not going to say I'm going to be disappointed if this is him healing in a flashback, but it, continuity wise, it does not line up with what he looked like uh, in in the Mandalorian. So I'm thinking oh, yeah. this very well could be like uh, SW Black Series clips is saying in the live stream. It's a New Zealand spa. Yeah, no, for, I, I, for I definitely man. agree. I, I definitely think that this is a... It's a it, it it may be part of like his routine now just to spend time in the you know in in the pit or in the uh, yeah because I mean he has I mean up until he decided to get his ship and armor back we have to think that he has just been kind of moseying around the Dune Sea uh, living with sand people living on his own living kind of off the off the land. So he he probably didn't have access to back to tanks and and the technology. Now I don't know how the fuck he replaced Fennec's stomach with robot parts when you live in the live in the desert but hey it's star wars it's science fiction i'm not going to get too uh neil degrassi tyson on it uh, it's, it's, i don't know uh, we could be running into some continuity issues in the book of boba fett yeah yeah but we'll see because i i do think that there's a little bit of room for some play with with a scene like this and but but I do tend to agree with you that there there's likely not or this likely isn't directly out because he wouldn't even have access to a back to tank for a yeah, while. Like, yeah, I don't think I don't if we're going with the idea that sand people save them, they they don't have back to tanks. Okay? No, yeah, <laughs> they're not they're not <laughs> you know ripping their rags off and and throwing one of those in their their huts. I mean they're they're nomads. Yeah, exactly. They move around. They're like uh, you know the the old Mongolian culture they they don't stay in a particular area they they load up their huts on their banthas and move on yeah um, but hey it was interesting to see uh, nonetheless as as you can probably hear from us it, it there, there's a lot of ways this could go uh, but to stick with continuity this probably has to be in the present time after he has taken the castle by force yeah and then last but not least like we said we would there there's a more fleshed out version of the speeder bike scene. And it, it does, it looks like you got multiple dudes per bike. You know, you got the high seat in the back, but it's still, it's like, what, who are these guys? I don't know. I just, it, it's driving me nuts. Cause even when they had a shot like this for Mandalorian, if you slowed it down, you could see like, Oh shit, that's, that's like a, that's looks like Mandalorian armor on the back of his speeder. And lo and behold, it was Boba Fett's. And, you know, we found that out once we watched S2E1. But I'm, I'm drawing blanks here because they, they definitely look like a gang of some sorts, but they yeah. do not look like the, the gang that shows up at, at Jabba's castle. Con- it's not the Ithorian gang either. Nick, uh, at least what do you think, me. in this 
more expanded version, the the last one, the one the the speeder closest to us. Could we argue that's a Gamorrean guard? Look how big he is. Like look yeah. how big his arms are. It doesn't look like he's wearing a lot of clothes. It's so hard to tell. I mean, I, I see I what you're, I see what you're it saying. It doesn't look like he's even wearing shoes or, or like those wrap-up boots. I don't know. I mean... Yeah. I mean, these could be get, scavengers. That's one other thing that we never yeah. really thought about is like... Because right. it looks like there's some there's like something that they've scavenged hanging off the back of the speeder that's closest to us. Could be armor. Could be something else. But it it could it could legitimately be scavengers that are out there and yeah i get I, it, it, it does seem like a gang though you know i mean they yeah. all have the same bike they're just missing their their patches and and leather you know what i mean yeah exactly um, but i don't know i mean there it, it very well could be some some thugs of of bobas going to do something because now that i look at it more and more i mean you, you could definitely argue the one there in the back is a large, large, large humanoid, larger than the other ones we see. Yeah, uh, I, I maybe, agree. Maybe, maybe it's a piggy, who knows? But yeah, there you go. <laughs> so there's your your two Boba Fett teaser breakdowns. Hopefully uh, we muddied the waters up even yeah, more we, than we you have done for yourselves. You to the point <laughs> to where you don't even know what's happening now. That's but uh, I'm not going to lie. As someone that feels compelled to cover Star Wars stuff, I kind of like these little things because they're, they're more or less like, all right, we'll, we'll talk about it on the show. There's no real reason to do a, a, a mega breakdown. So I, yeah, I, uh, while I like a longer one to, to get even more insights into what we're about to get on the 29th, I'll, t- I'll take the low-hanging fruit that these uh, teasers give us. Yeah. Okay, so, uh, you know, these days Star Wars really is only streaming, or at least that's what all the, the news is about, and this is three weeks in a row now. I feel like we're talking about a, a delay, a cancellation, a creative difference, but, um, and this came from the Empire issue, but it, it, it's sounding like Rangers of the New Republic is, is definitely uh, DOA. But if, if we believe what Kathy's saying it's really not a huge deal because they didn't even have anything written for it yet. So here's the report we got. And again, this came from Empire's uh, The Book of Boba Fett issue, which I think is on newsstands now, if you go out and do that stuff. Um, But just some context, Rangers of the New Republic was one of the uh, 10 series, or I think they only announced eight, but she said there are 10 coming. Announced about this time last year and with huge fanfare, and this is all before Gina was doing her thing. Um, and, you know, she, as I said, social media bombed herself out of her Lucasfilm deal. I know that have you, since you don't get on social media, have you caught wind of like people getting upset about Pedro and he like liked a tweet about some guys that died? I, 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 these days, I, I don't really go down those fucking rabbit holes anymore. Like, what's the point? I, um, no. I mean, I didn't even like, know about the Gina shit until you right. told me. <laughs> no, so anyways, sorry, I've, I've seen nothing about that. Everyone thought the show was going to star Cara Dune. Yeah. So obviously when she gets kind of written out of, of Lucasfilm's plans because of her own actions, not because of anyone else, let's remind everyone of that. 
Um, here's what Empire is reporting. Now, this comes right from Empire, this quote. So, Mando spinoff, Rangers of the New Republic, due to center on the Mandalorian's Cara Dune, played by Gina Carano, who Lucasfilm later stated is not currently employed by them, following controversial social media posts, seems to be on hold. Eh. Oh, man. And likely absorbed into other series. All right, so... It's pretty much dead. Possibly some of the ideas they had may be repurposed. But here's what Kennedy said in a follow-up quote. Uh, She said, We'd never written any script or anything on that. Some of that will figure into future episodes, I'm sure, of the next season of The Mandalorian. Yeah. So, is she talking this season right now? Season three, probably? Or is she talking a potential season four? I would imagine that there she's talking about season three since season three is still a, I mean, we assume like well, a it's year just shooting away. now. I mean, it's only yeah. it's like two months into its shoot, so they they very well could have, if they had a banger of a story they wanted to tell in Rangers, they they definitely could take elements into yeah. it and get it into this season. One hundred percent. So I think that's what she means. I mean, in terms of the cancellation of the show, you have to imagine that they are probably starting to think about, um. The potential of burnout flooding the landscape a little bit. I imagine that that goes into it and they're probably, it probably won't take a lot for a show like this, which was essentially like what would be a spinoff with like all side characters. It It's not going to take a lot to kill a show like that because you already have so many other things in the works and, and Losing a show like this, which may have been cool if it did go through, is not going to necessarily hurt them in any meaningful way. You know, I, I feel like if you now, on the other hand, if you were to nuke a show like The Acolyte, that would be a little different because that is a show that you're creating solely off of a brand new era that you have cooked up yourselves in the High Republic and could potentially tie into a, a film like a like a, an actual big screen movie so like losing something like that would be a little bit more um substantial than losing essentially a spin-off show of the mandalorian um so I, i'm not too upset about this honestly um i, I mean these days dude it, it that that December 2020 presentation is seeming to be just a big fucking smokescreen, right? I mean, it's got it, the big movie tent pole is is kind of in limbo. Rangers is seemingly dead. Um, I mean, but there and, was so and, many and, other things. I mean, like right. on that 2020. I mean, like we focus on like those two things, but like the land. Well, that's our show, question because, of the week, by the way. Don't, yeah, like, I, I, I gauge the fans. Do they think more cancellations or, or delays are, are coming? And We'll get into that during yeah. the fan segment, but it, I don't know. I mean, it's just- so far, this one, there was a clear reason why, um, because of yeah. the Kara stuff. And if, if that right. show was literally being developed for her, then there's no reason for you to say like, okay, well, let's put, you know, let's take a, a production that had a plan of a star and that was going to cost us probably $100 million to make. And let's try to rework it now because we're it's easier for them to just say, Hey, it's not worth the money to, to try to remake this entire thing that hadn't even started yet. And then on the, I mean, for the movie too, like there is a reason behind that delay. Like the reason behind that delay is because people thought that Patty Jenkins was this, was 
was like untouchable after Wonder Woman one. And then Wonder Woman 84 came out and people are like, whoa, let's let's pump the brakes a little bit here. (laughs) You know, let's uh, let's give you a little bit more time to to develop the script. In other words, you know, Um, so I think that these are okay, but like there's there people don't remember everything that was announced there. I mean, you had Taika's movie that that was announced there. You had the Lando show. You had the Ahsoka show. You had the book of Boba Fett. You had so many different acolyte, like so many different pieces of content were announced there. I think everyone's forgetting the droid shit. The the droid (laughs) stuff. I mean, there were a lot of things that were announced at that. I'm just starting to think that, that, their their marketing and PR should probably just learn to like you know what let's just wait a little bit let's just wait a little bit before we do a big dog and pony and then bring unneeded negative press upon ourselves when issues do pop up you know what I mean because yeah it just it, I get the rap that Lucasfilm has right now it, it does seem like they announce stuff and then shit happens and it, it's either delayed or it's never going to happen or new people are brought in or creative differences and it, it really is kind of becoming a a meme within the community like I don't know I, I guess I just never thought I'd see Star Wars come to this point where shit gets announced and then it never gets paid off or you know idiots are getting fired or decisions are being made too early on creatives when you don't really have a full understanding of their abilities. You know, sometimes it was nice to just have the maker there in control of everything, which brought its own set of problems when you had one (laughs) voice setting all direction. Uh, But it just seemed like things were a bit more stable when it was just Georgie boy. Yeah. It's, Um, but we we also weren't getting content, so you yeah, know I'm, I'm not sitting say, here it's, like it's, one uh, of these goofball fans are like, oh fuck Disney. And it's like, well, if you fuck Disney, you don't get anything you like these days, and you would not have had anything Star Wars to watch since 2014, which is when the Clone Wars was uh, kind of termed out. So yeah, yeah. So gotta take I, the good I, with the bad. It is. It's it's hard for a lot of people to understand that too, and I think that it was hard for a lot of people to understand that when. George still had it. It's like, not everything is going to be Empire. I mean, it's just not, that's not how movie making works, especially, you know, trilogy based, series based movie making. Like, not every movie is going to be as good as the best movie. It's not possible. So, and it's, it's difficult when, when you, uh, I mean, this could be sacrilegious to some people, but when you essentially create a Bible, it's hard to create a sequel to the Bible. George yeah. suffered from it. Uh, Disney suffering from it. And that's just that OT Skywalker saga is gospel to a lot of people. And it's just, it's, it's never going to be, you're not going to get something within the, the Skywalker film saga that is ever going to match or meet what was achieved in the original trilogy. It's impossible. There's yeah, just, no, there's yeah. too many, too much shit out there now. Too many critics. Too many different visions, too many different voices at play. Um, but yeah, uh, we're not we're not big Disney party poopers over here. Just it seems like they may uh, they did just may want to temper their announcements until they're a little more hundred percent sure on on their projects moving forward. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. But it's I don't know. It's it's tough out there for for anybody who's working in star Wars right now. Cause it's like, 
nobody wants to work on the movies. People just want to work on the TV shows, which is partially probably why you've had so many delays in the movies. I mean, you look at the creators out there that are clamoring to get on these TV shows. Robert Rodriguez, one of the most decorated directors in our lifetime or one of the most popular directors in our lifetime, I should say. I mean, you have stars that are literally willing to take bit roles in these in these uh, in these TV series and stuff like that. It's it's crazy. But then when it comes to the movie side of things, people look at the toxicity and the fan base around the movies yeah, and they're like, I, I would rather not get involved. Like it's if tough. I'm Robert Rodriguez, I would much rather do three episodes of TV that have, you know, comparable budgets to movies than it than me take on a movie and then get shit on for six months after it comes out. Like there is think- there is some sort of curse going on with films. And and honestly, it, it happened way back in, in Empire. I mean, a lot of people forget. I mean, there 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 was critics. Yeah, I remember back then, not everyone was a critic because there, there wasn't the internet. And there wasn't it wasn't media. possible for everybody to be but a critic. A lot of the, the early critiques of Empire were like, this movie's a pile of shit. And then that, that continued into Return of the Jedi. George has lost his, his touch. These Ewoks, are you fucking kidding me? This is like a kitty, kitty shit show. Bah, bah, bah. Uh, so as Nick has pointed out, there is, there, there's almost a curse with, that comes along with Star Wars films. Yeah. Versus streaming shows. Because uh, even George got kicked in the teeth, the balls, the asshole, you name it. I mean... He got beat up it, it, a lot. It still wasn't as amplified because it was still pre-crazy internet and social media. Uh, but the prequels were not kind to his psyche. Dude. And like, it's only continued into the sequel trilogy. J.J. Uh, made a fine film in The Force Awakens, but it's still not good enough for a certain sect of fans. And then you know what happened to Ryan. And then ultimately the uh, the abortion that is the rise of Skywalker happened. And yeah. Uh, Bat, I, who knows what's going on with the Johnson trilogy? I've, I've had a feeling they shelved that years ago. Because you got to remember, they made that announcement before TLJ came out. This this goes back to my point, like, hey, Kathy, everyone, fucking cool your jets a bit. You know, just because you think something's awesome in a a meeting room or it sounds great in a pitch on the whiteboard, you may want to just chill out, all right? Because they, they made this, hey... We love what Ryan did. It's the greatest Star Wars movie ever. Look at the critics, 95%. It's it's amazing. And you know what? I loved working with him so much, we're giving him a trilogy. And then the TLJ comes out. It it does not sit well with a group of fans. And it's just... I mean, and then Ryan kind of became the new poster boy to get punched in the balls, kicked in the asshole, spit on left and right. So I, I think they've they canceled the, the the Johnson thing at least two years ago at this point, And they're just not going to say anything about it. Just yeah, going to let it. I would be surprised because basically their, their reasoning now is that they could easily just say, well, you know, Ryan's very busy with his right. franchise. He's, he started out. his own franchise. You know, there's going to be knives out 10, uh, but it's listen, as sucky as it is for someone like Ryan, cause I actually do believe he's a great artist. Yeah. Uh, he's pretty much blackballed in Star Wars now. I wouldn't like, want to if, if I was Ryan. I wouldn't. No, no, he he can't win. He cannot win. He can make the best fucking Star Wars movie of all time. People would still just either not go see it or form opinions on it without seeing it, which you know a lot of humans like to do these days, and it, it'd just be bad for business. Sadly, I mean, 
look what happened to Solo. He didn't even, he wasn't even a part of Solo. And Solo took it on the chin for, for, based on TLJ backlash. Yeah. I mean, you, you think they're going to want to give a guy millions and millions of dollars to make movies where they, you know, built in, there's a sect of the audience that is just going to boycott yeah, and FUD the hell out of it. It's so. gonna, it they're going to hate it without having seen it. Yes. And like, I mean, you know, he could he could he could make Luke Skywalker the trilogy and just have Luke do nothing but fuck people up as a Jedi Knight and Jedi Master, and people would still be like, "Fuck him, he sucks, he ruined Luke Skywalker already." So yeah. I just I just sadly uh, I would have liked to see what he did because I I again their TLJ is not perfect really none of the movies are, but I liked his ideas of you don't need to be a God to be a hero in star Wars. And sometimes when you are a God in star Wars, it's bad news for you. All right. And yeah. that, that's the message he was pushing. He was essentially saying, listen, look how fucked up Ben Solo is. That's because of his royalty. And look who is going to save us all. Some desert rat with no special connection. It can be done. Her and broom boy are going to save the galaxy, but no, we then had to, Palpatine somehow he's back and all that fun stuff and here we are <laughs> yeah we'll see I so mean you, I, if anybody can save the movie universe right now I think it's Taika I mean if we if we just have to wait until his movie comes out until a movie comes out I'd be fine with it because like I said in the previous uh show I'm totally okay with this current content rate you know we're getting two to three new seasons of shows every year um, we're getting new shows every, uh, I mean, basically every year we're, we're expanding in terms oh, of the, you're the right, man, but and everything. It, this was not in the cards when no, they bought in, two, in 2014, the <laughs> when, when they signed that fucking contract 15, whenever it was, uh, yeah, yeah no. So it, just, just imagine, never. just imagine if they did not pursue shows like the Mandalorian, we, we'd, we'd be sitting here with thumbs up our ass. There'd be nothing. True. Like the the films, essentially, the, the the plan for the films were completely and forever altered after the Last Jedi. I mean, we we would have ended on Rise, and then that's it. And just like, all right, Disney's find someone else to sell the fucking uh, franchise to. But oh well, Book of Boba is still coming December twenty nine. And if you do the math, now that we know it's seven episodes long, that means it should end in February. Okay, yeah, like yeah. mid-February. Mid-February, yep. And if they run one of their planned MCU shows, that MCU show should be wrapping just in time for early May, late April, for what I am predicting will be Kenobi's slot. I really think Kenobi's slot. Let me touch the slot. I, I feel like Kenobi is going to be their May the 4th extravaganza, kind of like they did with Bad Batch last year. It just... It makes too much sense. I mean, Andor, to me, sounds like it's fucking dead. I mean, it's shot for many more months than Kenobi. It's just like nothing. Nothing. You get nothing on Andor. It is uh, weird so I think that, that they essentially just have said nothing about that show. Nothing. Not a fucking thing. <laughs> like, it's just, it's like, it's dead. It's another one that they're, they're hiding. But we know they actually went out, paid money, built sets. Filmed yeah. scenes, Built big sets, like city sized yeah. sets, but nothing. So <laughs> I, that's why I believe that they're kind of putting full focus on Kenobi to get out first. And if we believe those reports from an investor call, 
uh, Andor is going to be kind of the, the late summer leading into fall show, which will then dip into the Mandalorian season three. Hopefully not late December like Book of Boba Fett. I'm hoping Mando S3 hits its usual time or usual month of late October, early November. Um, but maybe we'll see some Rangers of the New Republic content in it when it does hit. Because it ain't going to be in the show. No, there's no show happening now. So. Um, All right, here, here's another one. Like, again, back to our point on Andor and it just kind of being you know, mute. There's nothing. You, you get nothing out of it. You don't even get leaks anymore. Uh, but over the past two weeks, we've been getting a steady stream of Ahsoka series news. And the uh, latest bit we got this week is that Ivana Sakno has been added to the Star Wars Ahsoka cast. This young lady, uh, she was in Pacific Rim Uprising. I know she's done some other uh, TV work. Uh, but apparently she has been cast. She'll be joining Rosario, Natasha, Lou Bordizzo, Hayden Christensen, uh, who, you know, we know who they are playing. Uh, apparently, Sakno is playing a brand new character. All right. So it's not clear if she's going to be good, bad or in the middle like our buddy Boba Fett. Uh, but she has been added to the cast. And, and I kind of yeah. say, like, if, if we're just going off of appearance I mean, she could play anything. She could play an Imperial. She could play, um, you know, like a like a, a bounty assassin. hunter, bounty yeah, hunter, assassin. Yeah. yeah uh, so, um, yeah, I mean, I don't she know. She's, the, she's got a Star Wars look to her for sure. She does. She does. I like her look. Um, she was. She hasn't done much. I mean, you pretty much named the thing that people may have known her from which is Pacific Rim Uprising. She was also in that movie, The Spy Who Dumped Me for a little... For yeah, that's what this that's what this well. shot is from. And I yeah. think she was uh, an, an, uh, an antagonist in that show. Yeah, so... And, and then she did... Her, I mean, like, she started off literally in, in Russian theater and TV, so... Um, yeah, I mean, hey, it's hard to peg her for any, for any specific type of character because you haven't seen her in much. But... You know, I'm I'm sure did that she, Nick does she have an accent? Then I mean, is it, I'm not going to say a horrible one, but does she have that Eastern block? Like, I that, man, I I remember so little from Pacific Rim Uprising that I can't even tell you. I will say her name in Pacific Rim Uprising is Cadet Victoria with a K, E I K T O R I A, which is typically a a more Eastern Russian way of spelling the name. So probably. But I couldn't tell you based off of... Yeah, she's like, oh, remembering. Mother Russia. You know, like yeah. that type of stuff. And I will say if, that if she does have, have that accent, that, that's perfectly set for, like, bad guy type yeah. of stuff. I mean, we haven't heard a lot of accents outside of, like, English English or American. Wars. Yeah. Right. And so if they well, it's like Neil said. In, I remember when we interviewed Neil, uh, one of the yeah. you know, prop makers that worked on Star Wars movies, uh, he's like, no, you know, the, the bad... They, they had the dub... They had to dub his voice or whatever. No, he was he played a, an Imperial, didn't he? Yeah, he yeah. played in him. But uh, he, basically, he's like he's like if you speak British, not that that's a language, but if you have a British accent, you're a bad guy in Star Wars. The Americans are the ones with the uh, the American accent are typically the good guys. Yeah. So uh, who knows? We'll see. Maybe she'll be the first person in Star Wars to have like a like a Russian accent or something like that like an east so, I mean, block I could, accent. yeah her i could see her like being a 
like a loyalist to Thrawn. I don't know. She just looks like she could sit. Somebody, I, think I, I would. I mean, honestly, she could be that. What was her name? General Price. But I know she gets herself killed in in Rebels. Yeah, but, I Price mean, she, is. She, she has yeah, that look. She could have that look. So I don't. Well, know. I mean, we'll yeah, they put like a black wig on her, and she could play an Imperial. But I don't know. Yeah. So there you go. So they, like I said, Ahsoka is is starting to flesh out. You know, Dave is still writing the, their plans to shoot March, April of 2022, and we're expecting it to air sometime in 2023. Okay, so. hopefully before the fourth season of The Mandalorian. Because at some point, they got to bring all these back together. I mean, if they're sticking to that plan, which they've lost one wing of, of some of the Mando timeline stories they were, they were meant to tell that we're then going to eventually lump back into The Mandalorian for a big team-up type of either episode or season. Um, but yeah, I would, I would think the Ahsoka series would probably air before Mando season four, just to give Mando season four, maybe even more content and more threads to play off of. Okay. All right, man. It is fan segment time and we got to get moving to stick to the clock. We've, we've really been trying to hit our, our two hours and 30 less. Although I just got an email that may be of interest to some people here, Nick, and this they actually oh. found our, our real email, and it didn't just go to spam. But have you heard about this? There, there's a Star Wars Galaxy Restoration 3 project going on. Oh, the, the game? Star Wars Galaxy? The very, yeah, that, that first MMO, Star Wars Galaxy. Yeah. So anyways, here's, here's what this PR person's saying. Uh, Howdy, I'm Talon with the R3 community team. We're a Star Wars community project looking to restore the MMO, Star Wars Galaxy, and bring it to the modern day with some much needed improvements. Initially, we had a difficult launch. We needed it to upgrade hardware, fix shit, blah, blah, blah. However, since then, our development team has grown fourfold, and with our 1.0 Mustafar release right around the corner, we anticipate a lot of players returning to the game. We were very proud to... We were very proud to within months of launch. All right, whatever. Have 10,000 unique accounts signed up. If any of this piques your interest, we're open to interviews with the developers and team leads, if that's your cup of tea. Uh, what the fuck is this? I'm going to go pull I mean, up the guess, website real quick. I guess it's like a like an interview request for for the show, for like these developers. I mean, like, so basically what's happening is Star Wars Galaxies was killed in 2009. Yeah, I've got their, I've got their website pulled up. Yeah, now. so like they, they killed Star Wars Galaxies when Star Wars The Old Republic released. So essentially their sunset date was the same day that Star Wars The Old Republic launched. Um, and this is going to be like a, a, a resurrection. So they're going to like reopen servers for star Wars galaxies. I mean, it, it would essentially be private servers, but open to the public. So if you've ever, I'm actually surprised star- this hasn't gotten shut down yet. Cause Lucasfilm is usually pretty quick to, to kill this stuff. Yeah. I'm not really sure how that works now. Like, I'm not sure how the, the licensing works for stuff like this. I will say that. It's not a remake. Like they're not actually doing anything to the game, or at least I don't think that they are. Like I don't think that they're doing further development to the game. I think what they're doing is they're just opening up servers for it. Like so, just making it playable again online by other people. Um, at least that, that's 
my knowledge, but I, I'm not. I, hey, who knows? I mean, I don't know. Maybe we'll think about it and we'll ask him questions on the show, but that, that just came in. Yeah. So, um, William Boyko. Oh, we had some guests in there. Ketsu. I guess they're talking about the, the Ahsoka lady. Or R. Yeah. Alani of the of the Chiss. Oh, I, yeah. I would have to defer to Nick. R- I don't R- know who the hell that is. Arlani is basically like one of the um, during his time in the Chiss expansionary fleet. Um, Thrawn's time in the Chiss expansionary fleet. Arlani was like one of the uh, other uh, admirals. Like she, yeah. she had her own. All right. Oh well. So I guess if you liked. Star Wars Galaxies, there's some people doing some stuff. It, it, I think Nick's right. It, sound, it sounds like they want to almost downgrade it because it sounds like a, a, re, a, a, a one of the final upgrades fucked the game up or at least how people like to play it. Who knows? I mean, gamers are just as angry as Star Wars fans. Yeah, I mean, like a, that, I, don't, I don't know if it's people just bitching or if they have a valid reason to be That upset. would happen a lot with like World of Warcraft where like, People would start private servers that didn't include the most recent expansion because people hated their the expansions when they came out. So they would go play on private servers that didn't have the whatever content, the cataclysm content or whatever the shit was in. So it sounds like it's similar to that. All right. Well, well I thought I'd read it because someone actually t- took the time to find our email and send it to us and it wasn't just a bot. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> but, uh, all right well like, like i said we're moving into the this week's fan segment e190 that's right 10 away from 200 and that just means we've had 190 fan segments since we started the star wars time show because we love our fans even though they do not love us yeah uh, so to get involved in the star wars time show like i said we have a two-pronged uh, affair You can either participate in the fan question of the week, which gets posted every Tuesday morning on our Instagram account at Star Wars Time Show. And based on what you put, we may read it during the fan segment. The second way is through our top five Star Wars artist features of the week, which also requires you to get involved through our Instagram account at Star Wars Time Show. If you share any type of Star Wars art, be it traditional art, photography, toy photography, cosplay, tattoos, you know, the the bathroom art we always talk about. Make sure to tag at Star Wars Time Show and use the hashtag Star Wars Time Show. I go through those every morning and feature them on our Instagram. And then every Monday, Nick sits down and judges the lot that I have just put out in front of him. And he picks his five favorite, which are then honored and discussed and highly praised to close out an episode of the Star Wars Time Show. So, buddy, let's go ahead and and get into the question of the week. Let me prep the slack up here, make sure we got the right screen shown and not our secret chat where we talk shit about everybody. Um, Yeah, this one. Question to fans. Boy, my system runs slower and slower and slower. Okay. Almost ready here. I'm, I'll take the first one, Nick. You can have the rest. Okay. Uh, the first one is uh, getting noodled from the producer here. <laughs> so the question of the week, and I always try to theme it to a topic we are going to discuss on the show. So this week I said, with Rogue Squadron being delayed and Rangers being scrapped, which announced Star Wars property will be delayed slash canceled next? You got to remember... I'm the glass half empty one on the show. So, of course, 
my questions are sometimes going to be uh, in the negative space <laughs> of, of Star Wars. So we're like, hey, what, what, what do you all think could get scrapped next? <laughs> what, what project that has been announced is going to meet the acts of creative differences and end up on the floor. <laughs> uh, so up first we have Baron Black series. That's our, um, uh, our producer here. He's been on a, an extended break. I believe he, he's going on paternity leave even before he has his child. Yes. All right. But Spencer says this podcast <laughs> should be canceled or delayed next Too woke. Just kidding. Probably Lando. We haven't heard much from it. Uh, so thank you, Spencer. There are times where I think you are correct. You probably should just be, just stick the fucking fork in Matt, right? Like, yeah, right. We're too woke. I like that. I think I I made that comment last week when I was like, yo, I'm enlightened, but I'm sure I'll be accused of being woke because it doesn't bother me when non-white men are in TV shows or movies. Like, I'm just, I don't care. I, that, that shit doesn't worry me. Like, I'm not someone that said, there, don't force it down our throat. <laughs> They're different looking people. Don't make us watch that. I mean, just listen to that statement. And a lot of people that don't think they're racist say that statement. So you don't have to, reevaluate yourself you don't have to watch anything. You're, you're making choices. It's, I understand <laughs> that, but it's the whole, like, don't force that stuff down our throats, meaning don't put people of color, don't put LGBTQ people on TV. How dare you? You know what I mean? It's like, get over it. All right. You're not that special. Next up. Okay. Up next, we got a twofer. Twofer. Bat2797 says, seven says, I've got to think Lando will get dumped only because Ryan, uh, Ryan's project is rumored to be shelved already. Um, and then failed Imagineers says agreed. I don't think Lando is going to happen. It's going to get to a point where too much time has passed since solo came out and it just won't make sense. Um, I mean, everybody's, yeah, everybody's thinking Lando is going to get, I don't know what oh, dude, connection it was, it Lando was, it was has almost... to Ryan's project though. And that's initial reply. Um, cause I don't think that those two were ever linked. Why? Um, no, not, I don't think he's saying linked. I think he's just saying, well, if Ryan's stuff's already canceled, I guess my guess will be Lando, oh, okay, yeah. I think is what he meant yeah, yeah, there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It, I mean, honestly, if, if we did a poll for this, Nick, I think Lando would have won in a landslide. Most people were like, yeah, our, our boy Rico Suave yeah. is not going to see the light of uh, that. Yeah. Force Father says, I just think that they tried to do too much. They seem to be very scared of making a film. Just put Favreau and Filoni in charge of content. We should be good. Um, I mean, well, Filoni is. Okay, thank you. I I, want to, because we get this a lot. And I think a lot of people got to remember like how businesses function, especially in entertainment. You have the creators and then you have the, the, the money providers. We don't want to get our Johns and Daves mixed up in the business side of things. We don't want them having to produce shit and taking their time away from the creative stuff. So just in case everyone forgets, Dave Filoni is the chief creative officer for Lucasfilm now. He is the man. Fuck the story group. It's Filoni. So we should be good. As long as they're using him and at least running ideas by him, I feel much better than I did back when it was the story group that were having ideas ran by them because they're the ones that greenlit the sequel trilogy and how it played out. 
Favreau, let's keep letting him develop the Mando universe, all right? There, there's no reason to get him mixed up in the red tape of what a Kathleen Kennedy does on a daily no, basis. That, so, so, Force Father, you're good, buddy. They're, they're, they're already in charge of the content yeah. via Filoni, so we're, we're there. So, no worries. Uh, grief Cardboard says, though, he says, The Grief yes, Cardboard... Yes, I, I love when Grief pops the up. The Grief Cardboard Chronicles, <laughs> although not... Chronicles. Chronicles, not Chronicles. Chronicles. Although not announced yet, I hear it's on the slate for 2025. Then creative differences will prevail as Lucasfilm is unhappy with number of hand thingies being utilized throughout the series. But I'll agree. Do the hand thing. Do the hand thing. But I'll agree with the previous comments. That Lando isn't going anywhere. Lando's fucking dead, man. We we have we have killed Lando I don't, on the Star like, the Wars thing time is, show. Like, I don't like, know our fans are just people. Have been, <laughs> like the funny thing is, is like it's been a year. Like I think that people think more time has passed since that initial announcement with well, all these shows. I, I think it's it's only been a year, I, I and they've already I think started. I think it's the fact developing that, three of them. Right, and I think it's it's the whole we haven't heard or seen anything, which is a fair statement. Where they have seen stuff with like the acolyte, or you know, visions came out, Bad Batch came out, Lando, and stuff like droids. I mean, if I didn't mention droids, it's like would you have even remembered? You know what I mean? No, so no, I would. It, it does. It, it's like if they're not talking about shit, it does kind of feel like it's gone. They may yeah. just die away. Yeah, like. You know, uh, if a tree falls in the forest and no one, see, you know, no one hears it, does it, did a tree really fall? Yeah. That dumb thing. I, you it's know? like one of those things uh, where the amount of like people are like are shitting on Disney for like they're not doing anything. With, but like the amount of work that they've done with Star Wars since last year, since last year's announcements is pretty fucking crazy. If you think about it, they released. Bad Batch, a brand new series. They've completed filming on Kenobi. They've completed filming on Andor. They have completed filming and are launching um, Book of Boba Fett. They have finished and already released Star Wars Visions. Like, the shit that they've done in a year is pretty fucking incredible, if you think about it. You're not wrong. But, like... You're not wrong. We're talking about Star Wars fans, yeah. buddy. And, and if you put up a, a graphic that has, you know, eight or nine banners of shows, well, God damn it, you better keep talking about them, and, them and giving us news or, or, or we're going to get yeah. upset. I mean, it's just like it's it's a it's amazing to think about. Just think about the amount of money that we're that's been spent on just the live action shit. Kenobi, probably 50 to 65 million dollars easily. I, dude, I, I bet overall they're pushing half a bill at yeah, this point. With just the shows if not more, that they've done if not more. this year. That's not even including like that I, that's like Ahsoka. I didn't even mention Ahsoka. Ahsoka's film started filming already. Like the, if they would have thrown Lando on top of that, you're talking another probably seventy-five right. to a hundred million dollars. And they're like, okay, well, let's not fucking, you know, break the entire bank on just Star Wars TV shows. No, dude, year. You're you're 100% right, but I think it also goes to the argument I was trying to make like 
you know you can't get all these going at once, so is there a reason to Announce them vomit all up once? all this news where, where, where shit could happen along the road and then you just look dumb? Yeah, like, no, you're right. You're right. W- we know that they're probably making the right decisions for the business and the franchise, but to, to most fans, it's like, you fucking announced it? You better give it to us or it means... Everything is on fire at Disney with Star Wars. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? It's like it's you're better off. And it, it, it's the same thing in video games. I mean, look how angry people are getting over Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker saga. Where the fuck is it? You announced it two years ago. Give us the damn game. We want Lego Star Wars. You promised it in 2019. The end of the Skywalker saga. Where is it? It's, it's like, wow, people but are... it's because it was announced. They know it's out there. And if you don't get it delivered in a timely manner, people go crazy. It's, so it's... Uh, if anything, I was just happy to see the return of grief cardboard in the com- to the fan the segment com- via the comments because I always have a laugh when I see that name and they're usually good comments. They are good comments. So, oh. right. Thank you, Grief. We speak your name. And the last one, just to close out everybody's thoughts here from Drew Toys, <laughs> I don't think Lando will ever get off the ground. <laughs> yep. I, well, stick hey, a fucking fork in it, man. Lando's you better, dead. You be- we, our fans have yeah. dubbed it deceased. R.I.P. Never off the ground. That's what I mean. I mean, they, they, they fucking put it six feet under. The tombstone is already on top of that freshly laid soil. It is gone. There, there is no Lando there, in the Star no Wars one. time show universe fucking anymore. But it is fucking dead. Just, just call them up and tell them it's canceled at this point. I guess so. I mean, I, yeah. I, what else can we say? But yeah, so apparently the, the wide consensus is that Lando is not going to happen. Yep. Even though they have literally developed every other piece of content that they've announced except for rangers that's the only one which which makes sense that it yeah. got which whacked it, it, because it, it your your lead yeah. your lead's gone the, the, so the literal t- lead character that it was right. being developed around is no longer working for your company but uh hey yeah we'll see we'll see we'll see Hey, if anything, like I, I kind of like all the negativity because that's how I live. Because I, I always set myself up, and it's it's probably not a great way to live. But I always am in a, in a somewhat miserable state, just so if something horrible happens, I won't be completely crushed. Yeah. But also on the flip side, if something good happens, it makes the good that much sweeter. All right, it's a sick way to live. Like being a a pessimist that always thinks the worst is going to happen is not healthy. But it is a mechanism I have created in my mental health tool belt to deal with my fucked up head. You know, I kind of went into even the game on Saturday between Michigan and Ohio State. I always go into that thinking the worst is going to happen, hoping the best is. It doesn't really make me feel better as I'm watching the train wreck. Mentally prepare yourself Uh, for the L so it's not as as hard when it happens. Dude, I'm, like if, if I didn't live that way, I don't even know if I'd be able to do the show today. Like that's how hard I probably would take stuff if I don't, if I didn't mentally prepare for the worst. I mean, if something hap- like pops up on my body or my skin, well, I have cancer. I mean, that, that's instantly where I go to, oh, my, my throat has a lump. It's fucking cancer. I'll be dead in 10 years. <laughs> oh, my, my balls are itchy. It's fucking cancer. Oh, them, I feel like a hemorrhoid's popping out. It's probably not a hemorrhoid. It's probably cancer. I mean, that, that's just, that's it. That's where I operate. Um, it's like, I, I prefer to be, like I said, in a state of misery just to be ready to blunt any misery that does happen. 
but also to make the joy that much sweeter. Like I said, I don't recommend it for anyone. It's not a healthy way to uh, live your life, but so far it has worked for me. I have not gone to prison for doing anything that drastic <laughs> yet. Yeah. All, All right. right. And... That was the last answer for the question of the week. I'm glad that everybody has buried Lando underground, but it's time <laughs> to move on to the top five Star Wars fan artist features of the week. Matt told you earlier in the fan segment how to get involved. You use the hashtag Star Wars Time Show on all of your art posts, and then you tag us at Star Wars Time Show as well, and we will see it. All right, let's kick off this week's top five with, I mean, if, 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 at shoot.toys keeps putting out work like this. It's hard to not get him in the top five. Hard to, to deny him a spot. But what we see is another one of these fantastic perspective shots that we saw a couple of weeks yep. ago from him. And this time, what we see is good old Snoke's head on the ground, blood <laughs> splattered across his face, while also looking up to the ongoing fight scene between Ray Kylo so and the cool. Praetorian Guards. I mean, it, it's such a... Like, this... This particular type of shooting that Shoot.Toys does just produces some fantastic looking images. And this is another one. I mean, dude, you're, you're 100% right. And I have to say, it, it could be the most challenging way to shoot toys I've ever seen. I mean, think about how these scenes have to be cooked up. You're essentially building your scene based off of, you know, your foreground subject is going to be taking up most of the frame, but you know that the background also has to make sense to kind of flesh out the moment. And as Nick says, we're, we're essentially seeing the moment where Snoke gets decapitated, but the focus is right on Snoke's chopped off head. But I think the, the beauty of the shot is it's that, it's that forced perspective, but also there, the whole other scene happening in the background from that moment in The Last Jedi, which I consider to be one, I, I wouldn't say the entire fight in The Last Jedi in Snoke's throne room was, was great. There's some actually pretty major gaffes with the, with the stunt guys, not the stunt guys, but the actors just completely missed their fucking marks. And you can see the stunt guys are like, just like wailing around. But the moment where they're in there and, and you're like, is he going to fucking do this shit? Is, is he's going to do it? He's going to, he's going to fucking kill Snoke. Like that is the first time I saw that moment. I don't give a fuck what you people say about TLJ. That was a fucking shock. Like that. I don't think anyone saw that the, the supposed big bad of the sequel trilogy was going to get wiped out in the second movie by his yeah. apprentice. It was something Darth Vader couldn't do. And here we go. Ben does it. And, and the way it happens was awesome. Yeah. Cause you think it's, it's going to be Ray. Like he, he, he you kind of know once he starts turning the saber, you're like, oh, yeah, shit. Like once the monologue starts to happen, even though, <laughs> yeah, even though what Snoke's saying sounds like he's talking about Kylo doing it to Ray, he's actually talking and narrating how he is color. He's live calling his, his own, own death, death essentially yeah. in that scene. Nah, yeah. And then it happens. And like I said, it's a great moment. The fight gets a little squirrely, but it's actually a pretty legit scene in all of Star Wars. And I think, at uh, shoot.toys here just captured it in a way that I would never even think to try and shoot it. And that's what this this crazy force perspective lens that the dude has is is providing. It just it, it's such a unique take on an iconic scene from Star Wars. And that's kind of been the theme that shoot.toys has been going yeah, with. Yeah. 
super love the style, love the shot. Awesome work at shoot.toys on the Instagram. All right, next up. This is a nice little uh just brilliant. Uh, beautiful <laughs> yeah, beautiful homage to the Macy's Thanksgiving Day parade, I guess you would say <laughs> so from uh, at Ripic yeah. underscore tan. So this time Ripic didn't make the the comment section, but he made the top five. And I mean, the shot's perfect. So essentially what you see is the big Grogu balloon. It would be for the (laughs) Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. But then you have all of the players on the ground underneath Uh, it. You have Jon Favreau, who I guess is is his character from Iron Man. That's where the figure comes from. You got uh, got actual Grogu there in the little bassinet. You got Quill. You got C-3PO Filoni. Uh, Chewbacca, you got Boba, Bo Katan, yeah, Brief mean. Karga, you got all of them. Everybody's on the, everybody's here. <coughs> I mean, it was it was just such a perfect shot for the for the holiday that just passed, the Thanksgiving holiday that just passed. I mean, it was just, I don't, I don't think you could do better for a shot like this. Like this is literally almost no, I perfect mean, execution. I, I said this a few weeks ago when you uh, nominated Rippick for another top five. Like the dude is coming on strong these days, uh, not only with ideas but the execution. Yeah. Like like Rippick has has reached a level I have never reached and I never will reach because it seems the hobby is passing me by at this point. But they've they've reached a level where you know the pros get to where you've got the mind for it right you you've you've got the creativity but you also have the skills to execute cuz this is a completely practical shot nick there's no bullshit yeah. here like that that's all in camera it's not like uh, he composited in the grogu float afterwards it's it's all there it's all practical and it's just like i said it's having the idea first and foremost but then being able to execute it in a coherent looking image Cause you know, not to be a dickhead, there's a lot of people out there and I'm probably one of them where, you know, you have an idea and then you try to execute it and it just, it doesn't work. It looks like toys were set up to do something. This feels like a Macy's Thanksgiving day parade happening in the star Wars universe. And it's just, it's just well done on all fronts. Definitely, 100%. So beautiful job at Ripic underscore underscore. There's two of those tan. <laughs> on ig and they actually the best part is they actually had a grogu float this year it was the it was the funko funko grogu but i mean they had this in the parade it's just fantastic (laughs) awesome awesome stuff all right next up we have at coleccionista underscore day underscore plastico and i mean this is just a cool shot so what we get is kind of like a perspective based shot where you see in the foreground um, little Grogu there got some atmosphere going around him. Then in, I mean, I guess it would be like the mid ground. You see his master Luke behind him. And then in the background, you see Luke's master Yoda kind of off to the side as well. And it's like a good, it's almost like a generational capture of like, you know, yeah. Jedi during it's their master time. watching master watching apprentice, apprentice yeah. essentially. And I just thought it was really cool. And, and like the, the, uh, the idea to kind of put in a little bit of like bokeh effect to to spice up the atmosphere around the shot a little bit, I think does add a nice little touch to it. 
Yeah, you know what, Nick? I almost I took it as if you look at Luke's hand, he is kind of like kind doing, of doing like, like a, a slight force pro yeah. pose. So it's almost like he's showing Grogu like, ooh, look at you know, he's yeah. like he's kicking up the the dust and particles, and Grogu, you know, he's like, ah, yeah. ooh, now give me a macaroon, you <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> exactly. Right? He's like, I need to eat. Where's some eggs yeah. at? But no, I mean, just the the shot itself is just really. Um, really well executed and i think it is a very poignant shot showing kind of the master like you said watching the new master who's training him, new apprentice so how long before we see these two again yoda i mean grogu and and luke no yeah grogu, grogu and, and luke, luke is, i don't know mando season three maybe is it because i i don't know i still believe it's something you probably are gonna have to pay off on in something because grogu became too big of a thing yeah. For him to just disappear and never be talked of again, and especially disappearing with Luke fucking Skywalker. So I'm not saying we're going to get a Luke show or a Grogu show, but it, it does feel ripe that we should get a check in at some point. Yeah. So I, I do think Mando season three, that's or actually okay. probably Ahsoka. If Ahsoka releases before Mando yeah. season three, that's yeah. probably going to be where you're going to It's a more, it would be a more natural kind of re reappearance of Grogu and Luke, right? I, I think, I think you're, you're spot on because uh, it's just like, why would Din outside of his love for the child really need to bring him into whatever conflict he is getting mixed up in with Mandalorians? You yeah. Know I mean? It doesn't, there's no natural fit to like that relationship again, unless it's like he gets called in by Luke for some reason. Like Ahsoka yeah. makes a little bit more sense because of the force angle and she she is slash right. she, she knows Grogu. I'm sure she knows of Luke. Yeah. I think just Luke and Ahsoka meeting is is a fan kind of bucket list moment. I mean, let's be real. His his father trained her uh and you know she she kind of took her own path and and as Filoni has said essentially became one of the greatest force users of all time i mean just fucking the way he described her by the time we see her in ahsoka is like she is a like wizard level master like un untouchable skills at this point in time just a badass uh, kind of of her own right because she never finished the trial. She never was anointed as right. a knight. She she left of her own free will after they fucked her over in the Clone Wars. So yeah, I'm I'm with you there. I think you know maybe that could be Ahsoka content, and then eventually, if sadly Mando does end at some point in time, the big crossover event, I could see them coming back into play. Yeah. Uh, at least Grogu coming in for a. Hey, look what I've learned, daddy yeah. type of moment. That could be that could be pretty fun. <laughs> yeah. All right. Cause I I don't know. I mean, the the fact that 50 years old, he is a an invalid still. Yeah. It's they're not gonna have enough time to like make him a functional Yoda like yeah, person. You could so, even argue that like he's still pretty much useless by the end of the sequel trilogy. <laughs> Cause like if you figure he's 50. And he has yeah. the mind of right. a two-year-old. He, he wouldn't even like. He wouldn't even be a hundred yeah. yet by the time that stuff rolls yeah, around. So, like, so, he, yeah. either he way, may be able to talk shot. by the time the sequel trilogy ends. <laughs> so we'll see. Um, yeah, good. Yeah, Collectionista Day Plastico on the IG. Beautiful job. Um, next up, Black Series Bonanza. 
has, I mean, really for me, this was just an excellent scene build. Like to yep. have, you know, Kenobi obviously as your primary focus, but he's hooded and stuff like that, stuff like that. So you're not like, you know, in Kenobi's face or anything, but like the, the attention to detail in the background, the dio that he has built around it. I mean, this is just awesome scene building by Black Series Bonanza. And it, it kind of stands out when you look at a feed that has like a lot of shots of like singular characters or something like this, an execution of a, of a full on oh, yeah. like multi-character scene. Pretty, pretty awesome. I mean, that's uh, the caption I put on it is excellent scene staging. Yeah. You know, I, I know like some feature pages, they'll, they'll, they'll put a bunch of bullshit and then credit the artist. Not here. We, we, we essentially comment on your shot and why we love it. And then instantly, you are given credit, but it is, it's just, you know, this could be a moment from the Kenobi series. He's, yeah. I don't know if he'd be flashing his, his, saber. his saber in a crowded city street like this, but yeah, you got to imagine Obi-Wan is, is keeping a low profile, living that hermit life. And, you know, if he were wearing robes like this, he probably would catch the eye of some, uh, most icely citizens or the other scum and villainy that inhabited the areas that he chose to live around. Uh, but just, just thinking about the effort to set up the Dio, bring in the sand and then place every one of these little cock sucking <laughs> pieces of plastic. It, it, it almost gives me heartburn just thinking about the setup process yeah. here because, it's such a tightly packed scene shot. I mean, like Nick said, it, it looks like a crowded city street. If one of those shitheads fell, it's yeah, dominoes time. Dominoes. Figure dominoes. And for someone like me, when figure dominoes happen, it's things get ugly. <laughs> that, that's how figures end up getting smashed against walls. Holes get punched in tables. You know, tables get stabbed with <laughs> with Bowie knives, all that fun stuff. So, oh, kudos to you at Black Series Bonanza for not being a freak like myself. There you go, awesome job at Black Series Bonanza on the ID. Last, not least, for the top five this week, we have at Collectors Orbit, and this is you know we all love badass Vader shots, and that's what this is. This is a badass Vader shot, the well posed. Vader in motion, nope. saber in hand, getting ready to ignite, two death troopers flanking him. I mean, this looks like a badass Vader moment from Rogue One, you know, getting ready to fucking slice some people up. And it sometimes it doesn't require like, uh, you know, somebody's head flying off or something like that. Just like a good pose. Good work in the background, yep. and and that really gets it across, and that's what collectors. I mean, that did. that's that's Darth Vader for you, man. He may not like it, but he is a photogenic motherfucker. Always has been. He's got that look down. That's why I've been drawn to him since I was one years old, and why he is my hero and my number one Star Wars character. He just looks like a boss. He doesn't need to have anything special. He doesn't even need to have his fucking lightsaber lit. He just looks like a dude that you don't want to fuck with. And that's why I love them. And that's why this shot is excellent. Just because it it kind of just uses what makes Vader so great and imposing in a in a, a simple fashion, yet it still evokes uh, a feeling of, I don't want to be in this guy's path. Let me get the fuck out of the way. This guy looks like a mean, mean dude. Yep. Good, good stuff. At collectors.orbit on the I. G, give him a follow and that's it for the top five and that's it for the show so matt 
Take us home. Give us a little shimmy and a shake and close this one out. You got it. Here is that shimmy. Here is that shake. Here's the one, two, three, four. All right. So what, what Nick is saying, anytime we end the show, we, we do a little bit of a pitch for StarWarsTime.net. And why you're asking? Well, that is our home. That's where we live on the internet outside of Instagram, which is our main social media platform. But on StarWarsTime.net, you can read our content throughout the week, kind of study, prepare for every show, because anything that shows up on StarWarsTime.net ends up being discussed every Tuesday live on the Star Wars Time Show. So if you like what you hear, if you like what you see, StarWarsTime.net, you can get subscribed to the podcast. Any of the audio-only platforms, we're there for you. And if we're not, that platform's probably stupid, okay? We're on the big ones. That's all that matters. So just head over to StarWarsTime.net. Click on subscribe to podcast. Or just scroll through and look at the lovely content. And you can find more links to sub to the podcast. We're talking Apple, Google, Spotify, Android, Pandora, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, TuneIn, Deezer, RSS. We'll even email the motherfucking show to you all right just head to starwarstime.net to get signed up and if you're not signed up already on one of our podcast platforms we'd love for you especially apple podcasts even if you don't use apple podcasts go on it now fire it up like the show and then rate the show if you want to you can even leave a review okay more ratings more power we're not quite at unlimited power. So we need more of those ratings and reviews, my friends. If you prefer the show in video form to see our stupid fat faces and the crappy content in our, you know, very 1990s looking presentation on the live stream, make sure to either go to youtube.com slash Star Wars Time Show, search Star Wars Time Show on YouTube or the internet, or... How about just going to StarWarsTime.net, scrolling down a little bit, finding our lovely little tune faces there, and clicking on the subscribe button. If you do it that way, it's one click. One click shopping. You'll be auto-subscribed, then you just got to hit that notification button on YouTube to ensure you get the alerts whenever we put out a video or go live for our Tuesday broadcasts. And why should you do this, everyone? Say it with me, there's always time for Star Wars time, especially on the Star Wars time show. So please, help us out. You know, we're, we're wrapping 2021. My tail's a little bit between my legs for multiple reasons. Had a rough sports weekend, feeling old, midlife crises left and right. Uh, but ultimately, it's a little sad uh, that for the year in SWTS. Who knows what it was? Maybe it's the wokeness. Maybe it's my yelling. You just never know. Um, but we'd like to get that audience kind of engaged again, built back up, and excited, like our current live stream audience every week. But let's do it by a factor of a thousand, right? There's always time for Star Wars time, my friends. So get out there, keep promoting, convince people, trick people, dare I even say drug people. Don't do that. I'm just being silly. But you know what I mean. You know what I mean. You got to do what you got to do. All right? And besides, if you listen to the Star Wars time show, the force will be with you. Always. Always.